0: So I want to ask you guys a serious question, and I want you to respond honestly. How many of you out there watch porn? How many of you out there watch porn daily? Right? Because I know what the answer is. (laughs) So you can't lie to me, right? We live in a time where it's everywhere. We live in a time period where it's actually okay to watch porn. It's not as taboo as it used to be. Back in the days where your mom found that stack of Playboy magazines under your bed, or you someone walked in the room while you're trying to swap between the A channel and B channel on your cable box and you're staring at like half-naked, blue-colored women on screen. <laughs> Or, or, you know, when you wore out that VHS tape of that beautiful actress from the late 80s, early 90s that had her topless scene, and you're just continuously watching that sequence from Jean-Claude Van Damme's Double Impact. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember that one where uh, he played brothers? He played the mean brother and, like, the, you know, well-adjusted brother and... Uh, There was that sex scene that happened on the boat. Remember that shit? (laughs) I know that there's a certain uh, group of of listeners that are my age that are going, yes, yes, that was so hot. And then most of you guys are going, isn't Jean-Claude Van Damme that old guy that was on that Amazon show? show?" Um, But yeah, here's why I'm asking this question. I have a really interesting guest on today's episode. And it was suggested to me by a pal of mine that I should have him on the show because he wanted to hear the questions that I'd asked this guy. And I thought to myself, okay, what is the relevance to this show? I mean, let me just be 100% honest with you. I'm completely curious. I mean, the reason why I want to sit down and have this conversation with this guy is because I have a lot of preconceived notions of what I think the porn industry is about. I have a lot of I've heard rumors of how the industry works and I've heard that rumors from enough people that I assume that it's real. Right. And then there's that, there's that game. I'm assuming that I understand how this business works. Right. Where we think we know the answers to this and then people we're just looking for people to reaffirm those answers to us. Right. As opposed to sitting down with somebody that does it and asking them, how the fuck does this work? Right? Do you ever think about that? I mean, when you're watching porn, you're watching porn for a very specific reason. And let me just say right now before I continue because everything that I've said prior to this part has been about PG PG-13. This episode is not for listeners under the age of 17 years old. So, if you're a young listener You're going to have to take off those noise-canceling headphones and plug in your speakers and listen to this with your parents. (laughs) Because uh, we're going to get deep into what it's like to be a porn star on today's episode. And I know what you're thinking. You're getting all excited. You know, what hot chick is Mike going to have on the show? Is it going to be like a Howard Stern episode where they sit around and they talk about fake breasts all day? No. No, that's not what we're doing. I want to talk to a male porn star because I cannot imagine what it's like to be a guy that has to get his dick hard on command in front of a salty crew of lighting technicians. <laughs> I can't imagine having to fuck over and over and over again on screen and to get paid. And to deliver the final shot, as we'll say. And if you don't deliver that final shot, if you... Let's just put it this way. If the package isn't delivered, you don't get paid, right? These things are fucking fascinating to me. And I think that's why when I was suggested to have today's guest on, I was excited about it because... I like learning about how people make a living. I like learning about the results of a decision that you make. I like understanding what this is. I, this is what the show is, man. We pull back the curtain and we look inside. Now, I'm going to say this right now. If you're someone that still believes when you watch porn that they're fucking into it, <laughs> that it's real, that what's happening there on the screen is how men and women have sex every day, and you want to continue to believe that. Do yourself a favor and stop listening to this episode, because this show is going to tell you how it really is, how it really works, and what it feels like to work in the industry as a male performer. Before we get into all this stuff, I just want to thank you guys for showing up, and a lot of you new listeners who uh, are attracted to clickbaity titles like "How Does a Porn Star Survive?" Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Strap yourself in because not only am I going to ask those questions, but I'm actually going to teach you some shit. We're going to learn some shit as we go through this process together. And I think you're going to be a little bit surprised with what the show is. And you're going to want to stick around and you're going to want to listen to stuff. Um, <clears throat> thanks, as always, to those of you who are following me on Instagram, uh, following the podcast on Instagram at in love of the process pod. That's in love of the process pod on Instagram. Uh, there you'll find uh, a bunch of uh, behind the scenes photos a bunch of pictures of uh, set photos a bunch of stuff that I really enjoy that have relevance to the show and into the industry and excuse me as I have heartburn oh my god too many of those drinks last night and thanks for those of you following my personal account at MikePetchy on Instagram and um, there you guys have been reaching out and sending suggestions for the show really appreciate that stuff but Say this right now if you want to have the best exchange with us, if you want to start getting into conversations, if you have questions about the episodes, if you want to uh, dig, uh, dig, dig deeper into uh, ideas and concepts from each one of these shows, you should be following us at our subreddit. And what's our subreddit again, Liam? Like R slash in love with the process. R slash in love with the process. We'll put links. We have to put links under these episodes so that they have them. We'll put links there. Go there. Liam's running uh, that, and uh, he's setting up conversations and discussions on each episode. Um, you're actually, what are you doing on Thursdays? What are you trying to instate? In,
1: in uh, suggestion thread. So if they want to you know, have a specific person come on the show, they can, they can suggest that there. If they want to cover a different topic that we haven't talked about in a while, they can suggest those, um, you know, things like that. And then uh, we also have weekly discussion threads yeah
0: so i know a lot of you guys write to me on instagram and i try to get to it all um both liam and i are looking at the stuff on the subreddit so you'll probably get responses faster if you're going through the subreddit just because there's so fucking many unread messages in my instagram mailbox and it takes me forever to get through them so definitely check out the subreddit. Go there if you're listening to the show. And I know that there are hundreds of you listening because I see the fucking numbers. So there better be at least 50 of you going and signing up for the fucking subreddit. Do it right now. Wouldn't it suck if I just said, if you don't do it right now, I'm not going to do this episode. Wouldn't that be so shitty if I just ended the episode right now and I went, fuck you. Not going to do it. I'm not going to release this porn star episode until you sign up, until you guys go put that shit in there. Right, I could do that. I might do that. Nah, I'm not going to do that. We'll continue doing the show. But just know that I have the power to do that. So you better follow through. <laughs> anyway, so let's get to it. Today's guest, super excited. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you his name in a minute. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to read his bio that is on Pornhub. How many of you guys are on Pornhub? Mm-hmm. Don't lie about it. How many of you guys were on Pornhub today? Don't lie about it. Okay, so here's the bio. I'm going to try to make my way through this. <laughs> Some girls just can't help themselves from getting all dreamy in the eyes and creamy between their thighs when they get a look at the romantic piece of fuck meat known as Logan Pierce. Logan knows how to treat those ladies to some serious romantic escapades before he takes their cutie patooties down to the bone zone <laughs> who writes this who writes this stuff uh he's a thin dark and swarthy dude who can whisper sweet nothings while at the same time getting all fondle heavy on a chick's combined naughty and dirty parts there is no sweet piece of <sighs> I'm, t- I'm i'm working my way through this there is no sweet piece of there is no sweet piece of snatch that logan isn't ready to pry open and hammer home like those cleanup hitter guys logan can sometimes play the bad boy and get those sweet and innocent teens to let their corrupt little uh oh, dot dot dots bloom to the max i can't even read that part other times logan can just submit to the hot and horny cougar who needs to tell their obedient boy toys exactly how they need to get their muffs handled, eaten out, and deep-decked. <laughs> this, is, this is the bio for our guest today. I love it. At 5'8", 150 pounds, he may not be the biggest, most muscular guy in the biz, but he always makes up for his slight stature with energetic and enthusiastic blank ramming, always delivering a healthy dose of hot wad where, where it's needed most. On the blank, on the blanks, up the blank, and down the blank. Chicks love the blank of that patented Logan fluid. Man, oof. On Pornhub, the video evidence to prove it. Uh, okay, I did a really shitty job reading that. And honestly, I d- don't normally censor myself, but I just felt <laughs> so terrible reading some of this stuff. Um, I'm excited to have him on the show. He didn't write this bio. They wrote this bio on Pornhub, and Pornhub is one of those places, like, what we do in our industry, they build mystique. They build this false reality. They build suspension of disbelief. And what I want to do is I want to meet the man behind this really weird fucking bio. I want to meet this guy. And is he this dude that's just looking to drop loads, or is he a real person? That's why I'm super excited to have him on the show and the other thing that's great about him is he's also an author he's a writer right and he just uh his first book that has been out for a little bit for a little while and i can't wait to read it it's called between the sheets rise of a working stiff so this guy has examined his career he's examined what it's like to live in this industry and he's now writing and sharing about it super happy to have him on the show um and uh yeah and jesus christ he's a fucking celebrity i think he's the biggest celebrity that i've had on the show at this point he's fucking huge we were just looking at at the statistics on um on pornhub and let's just look at pornhub statistics in general the website claims and this was in 2018 i think the website claimed that it hosted more than 81 million viewers a day so all you people that were lying and saying that you don't watch porn the statistics say otherwise 81 million viewers a day if i had 81 million people looking at my stuff holy shit! right and then let's talk about the specific the specific statistics on his stuff his videos have over 650 million views Right, so when everybody gets all pumped because Lady Gaga's videos got all those views, he has more views than she does. How crazy is that? Six hundred fifty million views on his stuff. I mean, this (laughs) guy—I like. I'm going to say it. This dude is the Jake Gyllenhaal of porn. He looks very similar to Jake Gyllenhaal. He's a great fucking dude. Super excited to have him on. I hope you guys are really excited too. So you know the deal. Uh, grab those noise-canceling headphones, uh, pants are optional in this episode. I know right now that everybody here in the studio has decided not to wear pants for this episode. It's a pant-free episode. Grab those noise-canceling headphones, and you know what? Take a minute. You might want to go check out his catalog a little bit, see who it is that we're talking about. I'm not suggesting you do anything other than research, but check him out. Then sit back, relax, and enjoy the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. So, hey, Logan. Thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Ah, it's really cool that uh, you were able to take the time and sit here and talk with us. I, this is a... Uh, I, don't, I, I guess you would say it's a controversial episode for us, which I think is great. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely a change of pace. Yeah, fuck mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing that's really great about all of it is that even though the subject material is different, it's still the industry, it's still the business, it, it's all still run the same way. And uh, I think uh, there's a couple things that I'd love to talk about on the show. A, what it's like, obviously, because everybody that's clicking on this thing is like, what's it fucking like? Yeah, how do I get it? How, like, <laughs> how, how do I do, do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about that stuff. But I'm also curious about the process of how stuff is filmed and how the sets are run and, and like what a, what a day in the life is like. So I think we can get into all those different things. Absolutely, yeah. But let's start first, because... Some folks may not know who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. All right, so they've seen me, but they don't know my name. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how did you? How did you get started in this business?
2: Uh, in a in a pretty boring fashion, you know. It was really through just emails. I emailed a bunch of people, sent in a few photos, because you know when I grew up. Um, I mean, probably same with you, MySpace and Twitter and, and Facebook and all that was like really just, just coming to a head. So I was like knee deep in all that. And Twitter, I found, is where you can actually post hardcore uh, pictures, videos, and it became like the nucleus of porn. Uh, you yeah. know, so everyone was on there. But even MySpace had a few porn stars on there. So I reached out to a couple people. <laughs> you know, I was, I don't know how old I was. I was maybe 17 when I started like actively, you know, oh, maybe I could do that. Why not? Why not why not just try? Why not pursue right. it a little bit? So I reached out to a few people and they basically said, Well, I can't do shit for you. But if you're interested, you know, reach out to agencies. Mm. You know, they're modeling agencies. So I did my research, found a few of them, sent them a few emails and that went nowhere for the most part. Right. Because they generally do not uh accept guys. You know, like Every guy is writing. They probably get a hundred emails a day from guys who are like all over the world. I'd sure. like, love to do this. I'll do it for free. You know, you've never seen anyone like me before. Um, so they don't really take kindly to new guys. But eventually, one agency they liked my look. You know, and the industry was shifting at this point from the muscle bound big guys to more boy next door type. Yeah. So I kind of fit the bill and slid in at the most opportune time, like if it weren't for that shift, I never would have had a job.
0: How was that? So how's that industry? Is it because, you know, my only point of reference, and I'm sure a lot of the audience's point of reference is like Boogie Nights and the whole story with like Mark Wahlberg. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> is it is it like a, is it a creepy, sleazy kind of business, like dealing with the, the agents and the, the the people, the booking people? I mean, it can be, Yeah, you
2: know, it, it goes both ways. Um, as, as time goes on, it's becoming less about that and we're weeding out, you know, the, the bad seeds, mm-hmm. but you still deal with a lot of shitty people. There's still a lot of people who want to take advantage of, I mean, especially the new people because you come in wide eyed and you know, right. you're promised everything, Right. but will you get it? Probably not. Probably right. not. You know, the average career, um, I think for a female performer these days is a year or less.
0: Oh my god. You know, really?
2: so the turnaround rate is really fast. Um but but now there's there's so many more uh women directors, women producers, women agents Mm. So the the idea of the creepy backroom casting, you know, yeah, is like, kind of a thing of the past. But yeah, you like you, the, you still deal with like shitty people, yeah. you know,
0: because the first thing that comes to mind is like the you know the fat sweaty guy and a fucking beater with the hair on his back. Uh huh. Yeah, and
2: James just, Gandolfini <laughs> in eight millimeter. It's like no, that, that doesn't exist at least in my my side of things. Okay. You know, I'm sure if if you were to go to like a porn agency in like Indiana. <laughs> or some place like right. that. You might deal with that, but out here in L.A., this is like the quote-unquote like legitimate side of porn. Right. Um, so it's it's
0: getting cleaner, definitely. Well, so, and you don't have to say on the show, but I, we're probably close in age, right? How old are you? I'm 29. Okay, so you're younger than me. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. So then, um, at that point, was there a lot of internet porn? Was there a lot of online porn that you were watching when you were 17? Well, yeah, big time. Right. Big time. I mean, that's that's really where I
2: spent... A lot of my time you know because uh I, I first found porn in VHS tapes um and you know small like literatica magazines
0: that's or, that was kind of more my age when uh-huh. was that stuff,
2: but at that point like AOL was was already becoming a household thing so I'd be on there searching for like sex sex with boobs just like, like <laughs> yeah. ridiculous kind of keywords that yeah, I yeah. wanted I didn't really know how to find but eventually uh it all kind of made sense and fell into place and I would just kind of go crazy. Yeah, like, hold, hold crazy.
3: On, hold on three
0: seconds, let me get this guy fixed. Mm-hmm. This thing's being a bitch. Um, yeah, no, it's fascinating. The difference between when I was a kid, and this is the old guy, when I was a kid, that's how it just, every time the fucking old guy starts talking, that's how it starts. Back in my day. When I was a kid, um, you know, it was maybe... Playboy was still pretty big. If you hunted hard, it was like Penthouse or Swank or some of those magazines mm-hmm. where it was like full spread and you were like looking for that. Um, but it was like there was a hunt. There was like this hunt that you had to do to actually get your hands on porn. And as opposed to like today where you can't fucking escape
2: it. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's right in your hand and on your phone, you know, it's a click away.
0: Right. So it must be an interesting, and this is, this is me sort of... Uh, getting ahead of ourselves here but it must be fascinating to talk about the difference in payment and uh how much like a, like a porn star at a time where it was so specific like you went and you did photo shoots you were in a magazine you had to buy those magazines they had to be very specific all the way up to now where it's Almost, you know, Pornhub is the YouTube of fucking of porn. Absolutely. Which I assume put a lot of companies out of fucking business because they're giving that shit away for fucking free mm-hmm. at this point, right?
2: Well, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. And also, um, now a lot of companies have partnered with Pornhub. Hmm. So you can watch scenes like new contemporary scenes for free on Pornhub, but they'll be uploaded by by the studios. And they'll only be like a 12-minute version of a 30-plus minute scene and they'll cut out key moments. Specifically, the pop shot is usually cut out. And instead, there'll be like an insert that says, to see the full scene, go to right. whateverwhatever.com. Right. And people like comment like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, <laughs> upload the full video for free. You got me worked
0: up. <laughs> exactly. But I
2: think that's, that's the intention. It's to get yeah. them hooked so that way, okay, maybe they will spend the, the $10 or whatever it is for the monthly membership. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what you were saying earlier about the differences between the times nowadays, the idea of a porn star is kind of fading. Mm. You know, what is a porn star? What makes a porn star? Anyone who who enters the industry now gets the label porn star. You know, you do one scene, oh, they're a porn star, mm. but they're not. They haven't earned anything. You
0: know, they're a one and done, which but, is which is crazy too. Because at that point, you're incredibly disposable as yeah. as a, as a performer. And especially since the new trends lately and by lately, the past few years now, it's it's all very natural, very girl next door to the point where it's ancestral at this point where they're pretending to be like my sister or my sister's friend or fucking my mother or whatever the hell it is. So they don't want them to look like porn stars with the big fake tits and all that uh-huh.
2: stuff. Yeah, 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 Certain companies still do that. Like Brazzers will always be the big titty milfs with the, oh, my God, I've never seen a dick this big face. <laughs> you know. But you're absolutely right. You know What we call it in the business is faux cest. Oh. And that's my bread and butter. Right. You know, that's like Monday to Friday is, all right, whose stepbrother am I today? Who's my stepmom today? And now that I'm getting older, I'm starting to play stepdads. But <laughs> the the industry doesn't dictate what people want. Mm-hmm. You know, people dictate what the industry produces. So people are searching for that shit nonstop. Why They're do you think it that, up?
0: Why do you think that is?
2: You got me. Yeah. I don't know, but that's been a trope since since the beginning. Yeah, um, and it's not going away anytime soon. Just like a schoolgirl trope, mm-hmm. you know, or. Um, I guess like the big-titted MILF that's not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah. But that's not necessarily a trope. But there are just certain things that, that come and go in waves. And right now, it is like faux-cessed city. Yeah. And everyone is sick of doing it. <laughs> we all are sick of shooting it. You know, we all go to set and everyone's just like, Oh, God, more of this, more of that. What the hell? Can't we just be, you know, two bodies having sex? Do we have to be related? And on days where it is just Gonzo with no relationship, it's like, yeah. wait a second. So we're not related. So we can just have sex like the way we want to. It doesn't have to be creepy or anything, you know. So it, it <laughs> that's got to be it's, weird. It's so does
0: it, so it, it does it feel creepy to you that you're doing those things? I and mean, sometimes,
2: yeah. sometimes, if if the script is a little a little too perverse, mm-hmm. you know, then I'll be like, ah. Uh, I don't really know if I feel comfortable with this, but at the end of the day, it is a fantasy. Yeah. So I know I'm not really doing this. You know, my partner is not really my, my step sister yeah. or anything like that. So, you know, I, I can fake it, but there have been days where I'm like, guys, are we really doing this?
0: <laughs> like, what the hell are we doing here? This feels so weird. So right. do they send you the scripts ahead of time or do you get them when you <laughs> Yeah, so. If I'm lucky, <laughs>
2: if I'm lucky. Um, yeah, if, if it's a larger production, like a feature or a vignette or something, I'll get the script ahead of time and we can like go back and forth and talk about it. But a lot of days I show up and it's just, hey, this is what we're doing today, okay? You're cool with that, right? And I'm like, uh, I guess so. You know, I'm here. Right. Uh, if I say no, then what's gonna happen? We're gonna cancel the day. No one gets paid. I probably end up having to pay a kill fee.
3: Oh, you know what I
2: mean? So most of the time, like only rarely will the, there be those occasions where I'm like, I don't feel comfortable with this, but oftentimes I show up and then they tell me what I'm going to do. Right. You know, I know who I'm working with. I know what I'm getting paid, where I'm going, what to bring, et cetera. But the context of the sex is sometimes waited until the last minute to, to, to
0: tell us. Oh, this it. is interesting. So then um, <clears throat> when they put these productions together... are are they casting the women first? Are they bringing in the women and then they bring you in or are they bringing you in first? Or does it, like, how does that work?
2: Yeah, it it depends. It depends. Um, There's far less men than there are women. Yeah. So, us guys are usually working twice as much. Yeah. So a lot of people I work with, you know, I worked with the same crews generally, and every crew has like a roster of guys. So they will, in in certain cases, ask me if I'm available, get me for certain dates, and then fill in the. Crews. Got it. But also, you know, they'll they'll book a girl and they'll say, "Who do you want to work with? You know, here's our list of guys who we generally work with. Pick one.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that criteria must be fascinating too. Because it's, I would assume it's, you have to be a good dude, you have to be someone that they want to be around set with, but then they also have to be semi-attracted to you. Is that how that game works?
2: I mean, so long as our dick works. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: At the end of the day, that's really my primary responsibility. You know, I, I, I could be, you know, they could, they could think I'm really sexy and like, oh, he's such a nice guy. But if I can't get hard and do the job, why am I there? Yeah. You know, that's, that's my job. My job is to show up, Get hard, yep. open up, and come when I'm told. That's crazy, and everything else is just you know icing on the cake. It's like oh, and he's also a nice guy. He's also a decent actor.
0: Hmm. Fascinating. But our job is limited, right? Yeah. Right? 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 And then to the have to have that kind of kind of control because you know being a guy, being a guy that watched porn as a kid, being a guy that dealt with those hormones and and that stuff when I was much younger, and like the out of control nature of your body.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: How, like, how did you get to the point where you can kind of master that. Like, how did you master the stuff that for most guys, they have no fucking control over? Yeah.
2: Just a lot of practice. That's really it. You know, a lot of practice and you have to just be thoughtful about the things you're doing. Um, Because sex, especially when you're, when you're young, it's like, Oh yes, I'm so excited to do this. Oh, I came, I'm done. Yeah. You know, you don't really think about what you're doing or, or a lot of times think about like how your partner appreciates it. But in porn, Everything is broken down. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing each act, like each position, you know, five minutes at a time. So you're spending a lot of time there. And once you see the final product, you realize, oh, I, I should have done this to open it up more, or oh, her weight was kind of on me in a weird way. If I had adjusted, it'd look better, and she probably would have enjoyed it more.
3: Interesting. Me too.
2: So it's just just doing it time and time again and being thoughtful, and then you find these little tricks. You know, for example. Uh, Oddly enough, the older I get, uh, the quicker I'm going to come. Weird. You know, when I I first started, I was like, I can get through an entire scene, no problem. And then at the end, it'd be like an extra few minutes for me to pop. But nowadays, I'm like, position one, oh shit, I feel it. Okay, how do I just like slow down?
0: Oh, that's interesting, because that would be my thought process. Like, how do you get rid of that tidal wave? How do you get rid of that energy? Exactly, exactly.
2: And I I can't give you like a... uh, a foolproof system because I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, eight years in porn, I've, I'm still learning everything. Every day is new to me. Mm-hmm. So I, am not the guy to like give advice. Of, oh, this is how you get a girl off. This is, this is how you maintain an erection and not come. Yeah. I'm just always like, okay, okay, just think, think of something else. You know, maybe look at the lights, maybe just project yourself somewhere else. Take, take your mind out of the fantasy of it and, and start bringing in the reality. Like, okay, there are five guys watching me. Mm-hmm. You know the house is a little dirty, mm-hmm. and I just start thinking of all these small details to kind of just like get my mind out of it. And then
0: once the wave has passed, then you can, can start, start yeah, up again. Get going yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, have you? <clears throat> because you know, I'm well. You're not there yet. So I'm in my 40s. I'm in my early 40s, mm-hmm. and so uh, you start to lose slowly as a guy you start to lose that need you start to lose that urge not saying oh, yeah. that you know you still don't want to have sex you still don't want to go fuck somebody but it isn't like when you're younger and you're just walking around it's like okay it's been 15 minutes i got a fucking heart on again yeah yeah you know? yeah, yeah yeah um are you concerned about that stuff have you felt any of that stuff yet absolutely absolutely you know i've had i've
2: <laughs> had enough sex to last me a lifetime <laughs> so yeah I've, I've definitely noticed like um a little like uh I'm getting like desensitized, yeah. I guess. But but one thing I have noticed that I think might be a positive—I'm still not sure—is it's less about like the physicality and more about personality, more about like my mental state and and how like I feel about my partner's personality. Like, can we get along? Can we joke with each other? Can we play off each other's uh, fantasies? You know, because I've been with, <laughs> I've had experiences where like I'm with this this girl who you know people would look at it as like wow that's a perfect 10. Yeah. And I couldn't get hard. You know? Like what's up with that? Yeah. I I have this perfect specimen but my body just isn't working. And you know why? It's because we didn't get along. Yeah. It's cuz we just didn't have like any chemistry with each other.
0: So so the first time that happened that must have really fucked with you.
2: Oh yeah, I thought I was done. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, man, I thought it was over cuz it was early in my career. It was my 10th scene.
0: Holy shit.
2: You know, and I, I up at that point I was on like just this unusual high where i'm like oh my god i did it i broke in i'm working for penthouse oh, wow. you know i'm working for brazzers i'm doing these big companies oh shit mm-hmm. i might be a star you know and then the reality hit where it's like well you know you can't bring baggage from outside yeah every day is different you cannot co- go in there with like arrogance and say like ah pff, nothing will nothing bad will ever happen to me you know i'm, I'm totally in charge you you have to be able to adapt and those things will happen. You're gonna have problems,
0: dude. It's fascinating because you're essentially hacking, hacking what naturally happens. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm not there on my time. You know, I'm there on someone else's time. Yeah, and I have to fuck when they're ready for me to fuck. Yeah. So yeah, you exactly. You have to be able to hack these natural things and and make them happen immediately.
0: So then you you got to be in great physical shape at that point, right? Because you're just doing a lot of that same fucking like you're thrusting and you're doing like multiple angles of that shit right yeah i mean i mean how long does a normal scene take to film like a basic scene like all right close off, let's start fucking like how long does that mm. shit usually take
2: yeah well let's see so your basic gonzo scene will uh most of the time do stills first okay. but sometimes do video first which i kind of prefer Because it's like, okay, this is just organic. You know, whatever happens, happens. And then we'll come back and do stills of everything that we just kind of created in that moment. But, you know, it'll be about 30 minutes of sex. Yeah. And then 20 minutes of stills. We'll say roughly an hour. An hour for one sex That's not too terrible. No. No. But it's like an hour. Imagine, you know, being hard for that entire hour. Jesus Christ. And doing five positions and then doing it all over again. Yeah. In stills or video, depending on what you did first. And then you save the pop for the last, the last bit. (laughs) It's the final bit. And I can tell you a story that happened yesterday. Okay. Um, (laughs) All right. Maybe we want to hold off on it because it could be one of your questions coming up. But no, just get it's, it's right. It's been into on it. my mind. Yeah, all right, yeah, right, all right. So right. yesterday was a fucked up day. Yesterday was a bad day for me. Oh, so
0: what, what, what was the you, what was the job? What, what were you doing? Um,
2: it's just a gonzo scene for this uh, this company that shoots condom scenes, and there's only a few companies that actually do that. Um, but that's just that's their shtick. They're, well, they're um, a condom only scene.
0: I heard that. Uh, can I thought I, maybe I misheard because who who the fuck knows what mm-hmm. I know so. I heard that you, in L.A., you had to do that. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. to an extent. To an extent. Because that's why a lot of people were moving down to Miami, right? And they were doing a lot of shit down in Miami because you didn't have to do it down there. Was that the deal?
2: I mean, Miami's a hub in and of itself. You know, there's a lot of companies that have always been in Miami. But, yeah, you can get away with a lot more in Miami than you can in L.A. L.A. is very protective in in that sense. They, They want the money. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're if you're doing it incorrectly, they want the money. They want the fine, and to do it correctly, they want the permits. They want the money. Um, that's all straight across both our industries. Yeah, that's, exactly, that's exactly. Good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. shooting in L. A. in general is, is it's kind a, of a nightmare. nightmare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: so, not to interrupt.
2: <laughs> okay, okay. So, it's one of the few companies that's condom only. Yep. Um, which usually isn't a big deal, but when you incorporate condoms into porn sex, sometimes it just doesn't work as well as you want it to you know there's just something that's lost in the translation yeah so uh we start the scene first position the girl's bleeding oh my god now she's on her period okay so we have to cut and this happens every so often it's not really a big deal but still it's like okay we're in you know our juices are flowing we're in the moment and then it's like wait cut 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 okay go go clean out you know like a cold douche to constrict the blood vessels. Um, So she does that. That's a few minutes. She comes back. We get back into it. Condom breaks. All right. All right. Let's cut. Let's let's pick it up again. So right now my energy is kind of all over the place. You know, it's like you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. And then you're throwing this tight ass condom over it. Yeah. So it's just messing up, messing up the chemistry. So the whole day it's like, oh, my God, one position three minutes later. Oh, guys, can we can we cut? Hold on. Give me a minute. You know, two minutes of just sitting there trying to get hard again. All right, next position. Oh, guys, can we cut? Sorry, sorry. So it's this kind of all day, and all day being like two hours.
0: And you're feeling yeah. the stress from oh, everybody.
2: Once you start having wood troubles, yeah, fuck. Yeah, it it is so easy to get overwhelmed. And everyone's like, "No, it's fine, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it." But you can tell that people yeah. are like, "All right, come on, kid, hurry up. Yep, you know, yep. we got places to be." Yeah. So. It's just weighing on me, weighing on me. But we get through it, okay. okay. Eventually, we get through it, and whatever. It's one of those days. It's a day at the office. It happens. Not every day is a vacation. But the real, the real problem was when we got to the pop shot. We shot it. It was great, awesome, very quick. Except the guy's camera kind of crapped out on him. Oh, fuck. So literally <laughs> one second before I came, it just cut the black. Fuck. and and he's in awe I'm in awe the girl's in awe she's sitting there covered in cum like what (laughs) what do you mean and the guy's like "Uh, can you do it again I'm like um you know in my head I'm like well shit man I had a pretty tough day up to this point I'm not really feeling like a stud I'm not really uh, you know ready to just go again but I'll try I'll try so I try and you know 15 minutes goes by nothing happens so I'm like I'm sorry man so he's like okay we'll we'll just fake it we'll just fake it. And I'm sure you've seen this before. Anyone listening has probably seen this and maybe hasn't registered it fully, but there's a trick in porn where if the guy can't come or for some reason they just want to do this, they they put um you know like a cum-esque substance in the girl's mouth. Got it. In this case, Cetaphil face wash and water. Cuz that's usually what we use for the stills. Okay. Cetaphil. I don't know why that's the industry standard, but it is. <laughs> And if that breaks the fantasy for anyone, <laughs> sorry, that's, that's the reality.
0: Oh, my God, you mean this shit isn't real? Yeah, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. So so she has, like, a mouthful of this face wash and water, and I have to just, like, put my dick in, pretend I'm coming, take it out, and she spits it out. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and that's, like, an old trick. So that's how we ended
0: the day. And it was just like, man, what
2: a fucking day. This sucks.
0: I, dude, it's, it gives me anxiety. It gives me anxiety because I know... You know, if you have, like, an off night with your with your girlfriend and you guys are, like, trying to make stuff work, we've all uh-huh, had those uh-huh. fucking nights where it's like, uh, you know, we're trying too hard to make the day great. You know what I mean? Mm. And then it transitions in there and you're just like, fuck. And that, that feeling afterwards of you can't perform. Oh, yes. I can't fucking imagine... Having to go through that, which is normally the personal experience, and then turning and looking at the fucking gaffer who's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, everyone's everyone's <laughs> just, just waiting around.
2: And there's nothing anyone can really do, you know, like Of course the girl can help out, but it's not her job. No. It's not her job. Like if, if she volunteers, of course, but you, you know, as a male performer, you can't rely on on your female talent to do your job for you. You know, that's our primary responsibility. So when it doesn't work, yeah, you, you just look
0: around and you're sweating
2: bullets. And you're like, fuck, I want to be anywhere but here. Yeah. Anywhere but
0: here. God, dude. But, and do, it's, do our fluffers a thing in the business still? Does that <laughs> still exist? No. Okay. No. You know,
2: there, there, there are times where, uh, like on big gang bangs, like I'm talking like 65-man gang bangs, yeah. you know, the, where, which aren't ever really as many as they claim to be. Yeah. The titles will be like, oh, so-and-so bangs 100 guys. But it's really like 40 you know but you don't know because we're all shot from the waist down yeah so you generally don't know who's who um but in those cases yeah there might be like a female performer who's paid to kind of just like give blow jobs and hand jobs yeah but no they don't really exist we'll, we'll say that that's a myth that's a myth yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if they ever did exist to be honest
0: Okay guys, it's that time. I know that this show has been incredibly fascinating, but I gotta do it, right? I gotta start doing the ad reads again. Uh, And why is this so important? Okay, answer the question with me. It's because we need advertisers in order to make this show. Without the help of these amazing people, these amazing men and women that support the show, that continue to support me and some newcomers, which I'm very excited about, because we continue to get new advertisers on this show and why because you guys actually click through on the links and i had it brought to my attention i didn't even tell liam about this i had it brought to my attention that my links didn't work on last on one of those episodes like two episodes ago because for some fucking reason when i copied and pasted them on the Squaresite website it didn't actually paste the urls correctly so i fixed it they've all been fixed So you can now go to the bottom of the episode either in whatever uh, player that you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or you can go, which I highly suggest you do, go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. At inlovewiththeprocess.com, I have made it very easy for you. I have curated. I guess that's curated, if you will. I've curated all the episodes into different categories. So if you're a director if you're a cinematographer, if you're looking for specific episodes uh, from directors, from actors, from artists, there I break it down into different categories so you can listen to the episode that you want. Um, I suggest if you're new to the show, you go back and listen to episode one because it kind of sets everything up. But from there on, man, there's no real continuity. Sure, I talk about things that I've discussed in other episodes, but dude, you can listen to these in any order you want. They're there for you to learn from. They're there for you to be a part of the conversation, to be in the room with us. That's the whole point of this show. So go to inlovewiththeprocess.com and click on the sponsor links because they're trackable links. The sponsors will know whether or not I'm bullshitting them (laughs) if you click on the links, right? So I tell them that everybody fucking loves Puget. Well, they know that because you guys are clicking on their traceable links so do so for us thank you speaking of puget the guys that have consistently been there for me they have sponsored me personally and now they sponsor the show um i love these dudes they are the reason why who's there happened let's put it that way the original short um and uh here's the deal if you're a filmmaker you're a photographer if you're a freelance artist if you're someone that requires a computer to do your art and like it happened to me, so many other people, eventually your hardware goes stale. Eventually your hardware is no longer relevant, right? You start getting that fucking pinwheel of death on the goddamn login screen. Drives me fucking insane. So it's time to go and buy a new computer, right? It's a big investment, especially if you're buying from one of the bigger brands, right? You start to look at that price tag and you're like, holy shit, it's like a fucking used car at this point, right? Here's the deal. No longer in our business do you have to own a specific brand in order to be professional. You can use PCs. PCs do the same thing, sometimes even faster, depending upon how you build them out and customize them. And that's the best part, because they aren't being controlled. The hardware isn't being specifically controlled by one manufacturer. There are so many options out there for you. And with all those options comes competitive pricing which is really great. It's one of the benefits of building a PC. Now, I know a lot of you guys are thinking, I don't have the skills to build a PC. I don't have the fucking time to build a PC. I've built PCs in the past, and it's been a fucking nightmare getting all the hardware to work together. What pieces do I buy? You know, what RAM works with this motherboard? Is this the processor I should have? Do I need the newest fucking graphics card in the marketplace? I felt the same way, and I've hit this point in my career where I don't want to be tech support for any of my editors working on my stuff, I needed to find an alternative to the big, big, big companies out there that have shitty customer support and high prices. I needed to find someone that could give me what they claim to give me, but in the real world. Okay, that's how I found Puget Systems. I did the hunt. I looked through all these different dudes that put together PCs, and Puget Systems was the coolest out of the bunch. They're small company, family-owned family run. And these guys give a shit about creators. They care about artists. Here's what you can do. You go to the website, go to pugetsystems.com. You can choose a category based upon the software you use. So pull down Premiere. They'll uh, suggest a base package for you. They'll suggest a starting point and they want to hear from you. So you can write to them and say, hey guys, this is what I need. This is how much money I have. How do I build the best machine for this? And they'll, They'll go back and forth. They love doing so. So you're actually getting a custom-built machine to the point where they actually send uh, a folder filled with all of the tests they've run on the machine. They even do like heat sink. They do like Predator Vision camera shit on your machines to see how the cooling systems are working. It's fucking really cool. It's really cool stuff. So go to PugetSystems.com, build yourself a custom-built PC with real real person, customer support. I highly suggest you do it. I do it. I've had quite a few of their machines at this point. Everything that you've seen that i put out over the past five years has been cut on a Puget Systems machine. I can't say enough about these guys. And I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it yet, but they have some new stuff coming. I think they're going to have some uh, interesting uh, things to say at NAB. Let's just put it that way. I might be shooting all of the promo material for it. So just letting you know, Puget Systems and me, we're bros. We love each other. Okay, also, uh, returning to the show, as always, Quasar Science, one of, and if you guys have been listening to the past couple of episodes, we've been talking about lighting, we've been talking about that stuff. We had Tim on the show from uh, Quasar, Uh, one of the coolest advancements in the film industry, currently is led lighting the fact that you can light with these units that don't draw as much power the fact that these units are really small a lot of them are battery powered um, and the fact that you can run colors of the rainbow through them with specific restrictions and if you don't know what i'm talking about go listen to the tim episode what episode number is that oh you don't know off the top of your head liam why do I have you here? That's a great question. Why are you here? 65. I did know it off the top. I got to teach you some confidence. <laughs> 65. Okay, episode 65. Check them out. But in the meantime, if you're looking for some really new, awesome lights, if you're, if you're like a uh, a cameraman or a videographer looking to put it together a package, go check out quasarscience.com. On Quasar Science, they'll show you all the newest, latest, greatest technology that they're working on. Uh, They're really great guys. They're local out here to Los Angeles. I've hung out with them. Really awesome fucking dudes. Uh, Check them out. Like I said, LED lighting, wave of the future. It's the way everything's headed. And Quasar Science is at the top of their game. And the prices are really affordable. Not a bad deal. Get yourself a couple of tubes from them, a couple hundred bucks a piece, and you're ready to rock. I have some. They're awesome. So go check them out, quasarscience.com. Also supporting the show uh, is Industry Jump. We're very excited to be forming a new partnership uh, with industryjump.com, their global community of verified filmmakers, providing the next generation of filmmakers with the resources required to grow their business, learn new skills, and manage their careers. You can sign up for free. You can even create a verified portfolio. Search for film crew to hire for your next project and learn from top tier creators in the industry through live video mentoring. So, Go, if you're interested in this stuff, go check them out. They're over at industryjump.com or on Instagram at industryjump. And what they're going to be doing is they're going to be promoting the episode to their folks as well. So if you showed up from Industry Jump, welcome to the podcast. As you can see, we kind of do the same kind of thing, a little bit differently. So happy that you're here, excited to have you on board, and really pumped to be working with the dudes at Industry Jump. Okay, and so also, if you want to support the show, you can go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. There you'll find a donation button. You can donate $15 to the show. But if you don't want to reach into your own wallet, if you're as broke as I am, I get it. I understand. There's a bunch of different ways that you can get some money to the show. First up, if you haven't done so already, sign up for the free trial at audible.com. So basically, if you go to audibletrial.com backslash process. You can sign up for a 30-day free trial, which includes a free audiobook, uh, as well as access to all their other really great content on there. And uh, everybody that signs up for this 30-day 30 30 day free trial, uh, we get a little bit of loot, which is great, as long as you haven't done so already. Because I know Audible works with other podcasts, and I know you guys aren't fucking loyalty brand to me yet. So you're listening to all these other shows, right? And they probably did the same read. So if you haven't done so already... Do it with ours. Like I said, audibletrial.com backslash in love with the process. We'll put the link below. Uh, everybody that signs up, gives us a little bit of cash. And if you want to give us a nice amount of cash, here's another thing that you can do. Now, I'm going to say this. If you're someone that doesn't know how to manage your finances, please do not take this advice. Please do not do this shit. I do not want to aid you in further debting yourself to credit cards. But if you're someone that needs to take that step, if you need to build credit, if you are starting your business, if you need to have access to funds to rent gear, because God knows a lot of our clients don't pay upfront for gear and then often have like a net 60 on the back end. So it's like, well shit, the camera I had to rent, I had to pick out of my rental gear, out of my home rent gear. Fuck, I'm screwed, I gotta pay rent, right? Get a credit card. If you're gonna get a credit card, sign up for one of the Capital One cards. You can find our deals at inlovewiththeprocess.com uh backslash sponsors yeah it's on the sponsors page there you'll find two different credit card options you can sign up for either the venture card or the venture one card now here's the difference between the two the venture card has a 95 annual 95 dollar year cost okay I did a really good job saying that but every year you pay 95 to have it but you get two times the mile per dollar in every purchase every day uh, for signing up, you can earn 50,000 bonus miles once you spend $3,000 on purchases within the first three months of opening the account. Now, how does that equate to cash for you? 50,000 miles equals $500 towards any sort of travel expenses. So, Uber, plane tickets, anything else. Um, but It comes with really great stuff, but you have that $95 a year thing. So if you're someone that has a lot of money going through that account, like you're doing a lot of rentals and stuff, it makes sense because you're going to probably earn more than that cost, $95 per year. If you're someone that isn't at that level and you don't have as much money flowing through your accounts, check out the Venture One card, which has no annual fee. You earn 1.25 miles per dollar on every purchase every day. And for signing up, you earn 20,000 bonus miles when you spend $1,000 on purchases within the first three months of opening the account. So that's $200 towards travel uh, if you do that. So I highly suggest you do if you're looking for a credit card. They are the best rewards on the market right now. It's not like I'm selling you something that you wouldn't already find. The difference is do it through our links. We'll get loot if you do so. I'm serious. And I get a a good amount of money towards the show if you do so. Uh, So please do it. Go to inlovewiththeprocess.com backslash sponsors, and there you'll find the links to do it. Okay, holy shit. I barely made it through all these. The hangover is fucking real today. Anyway, let's get back to it. Let's uh, get back into our awesome new show. So let's go back in time here. Let's go back to when you, what, how old were you when you did your first? I was 21. 21. Yeah, yeah, freshly and w- 21. And then did you have any idea, were you prepared before you went to set? Did you know what it was going to be like? What was that first shoot like? Yeah, I mean, I was prepared in the sense that I had watched a lot of porn up to that point. Mm-hmm.
2: So I kind of, <laughs> like, what the fuck did I know? I didn't know anything, <laughs> but I, I knew what I liked to watch. Yeah. So I was like, all right, if I can like recreate that I'm probably doing something close to right. And so by that, do you, know? you mean
0: like the positions that you're doing? Exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And I knew like, okay, well it's not, nobody wants to see a closed, like in porn, you don't really want to see closed off positions where right. it's like the guy's ass and, and the girl's torso, but you don't see any penetration. Everything has to be opened up. Yeah. You know, at least in mainstream porn. Yeah. Um, so I knew that that was my responsibility is to open up and show everything and kind of be a support system For the girl. You know, someone said to me once years later, you know, the male performers are like the male cheerleaders. We're not front and center. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't really get the recognition, but it's our job to keep the girls propped up Mm -hmm. to make sure they're in the right light and the right positions. So... Because they're ultimately the draw. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at, you know, box covers and and just scene credits and the guys are rarely listed. Dude, totally. Rarely listed, you know. Uh... But that's, that's just the way it is kind of we sort of thrive off the anonymity I think because we can be you know like I've been a stepson like a thousand times it's like how many how many families do I have you know even in the same movie I've been a stepson in the same movie with a different woman you know but you know it's just like we're not the draw yeah, but yeah, yeah so that first day uh, nervous as hell yep. I don't really know what to expect I'm assuming it's, it's gonna be fun I hope I hope it is. You know, I really don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be any good, but I just want to give it a shot. So um, I show up at this residential house. Mm -hmm. That's where we generally shoot at a lot. And there's only... uh, The way it was is it was me, another male performer, two female performers, and then two producers slash directors. Very small. Very small. And we split up into two different groups. So I only had one guy over my shoulder dictating everything who was also um recording everything. And it was just me and the girl. And the way that the scene was designed, it was honestly like kind of like the easiest transition into porn. Because most of the time I was holding the camera. It was supposed to be um like a boyfriend, girlfriend, secret sex tape type of thing. Yeah. So the 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 producer is in the background for the most part. He's like, okay, you guys go into that room and you know flirt a little bit, you know, take her tits out, blah, 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 do a little hand stuff, and then come out to the living room. So we were kind of in our our own little private space for the most part. And then once the sex actually started, then he took the camera away, but we still had to pretend like I was holding it. So the way that works, you may have seen pictures of this, you may have wondered, you know, he generally does like a bear hug. (laughs) <laughs> With the camera over, over your shoulder, yeah. you know, and it's your job to kind of like tilt your head back and get it out of the frame. And in this case, since I'm supposed to be holding the camera, take a hand behind my back. So I only have one hand active. You know, I can sort of see what's going on, but they want, you know, my upper body out of the frame. It's right. just the dick and the girl. Right. But I don't know, man. It just worked. It just worked. I, wanted, I wanted it to work so bad uh-huh. that I went in, you know, saying to myself, like, Everyone wants you to have fun. Everyone yeah. wants the scene to be hot. No one is shooting porn hoping that someone fails. So I just tried to like keep that in my mind. And the girl was was really hot. Yeah. yeah. So that worked out, you know. And it just I don't know. It just worked. And what ended up happening was um, I came early. You know, Mm -hmm. and there was like a small scare in the room where the guy was like, "Oh fuck! Oh new guy! Oh oh my god! He made a mistake! Oh god, what's he gonna do?" But kind of like Buddy Knight's Dirk Diggler, I was like, "Hey, nervous energy! I can do it again! You know, it's no problem! I can do it again!" (laughs) And and that that time around, it actually worked. Wow! I did it again, and he was like, "Good job, man! Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the word out. You know, I think I think you're you're a pretty solid performer." Wow. So that's kind of how it started.
0: Fuck yeah! So was uh, so prior to this. So this is your first day on a set. Mm-hmm. Have you been second day in L.A.? Oh, Jesus, okay. Mm-hmm. So then, have, did you ever have sex in front of other guys before, or is this your first time having sex in front of other men? First time. That must first have, time. That must have been interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I had never. I mean, like I was always sexual, but I never did anything like crazy. You know, I didn't have a lot of partners up mm-hmm. until that point. Um, maybe like half a dozen. But that's like high school and college and now getting into porn. Yeah. So I wasn't any more experienced than anybody else. I just happened to watch porn and paid a little more attention to the way, the way positions were and the way, um, at least in my mind, how things operated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was my first time in front of another guy. I, I,
1: was
0: it was it nerve wracking for you? Was, was were you concerned about any of that, or were you just like, I can't believe I'm just doing this and this fucking hot chicks in front of me, so I can ignore all that kind of stuff.
2: I mean, more the latter because I wanted to really just like live in the fantasy, yeah, yeah. and do a good job. But of course, once I fucked up and came early, yeah, then that guy was in my mind, and I'm like, oh fuck, I disappointed him. <laughs> this is like if if I don't pull this together. They're not going to give me another shot. I'm a, I'm a new guy. They don't give new guys opportunities. You know, you have one shot to get it right. And if you fuck up, well, no one's going to hire you. Yeah. No one's going to hire you. Yeah. And, and even as like an established guy, um, if, you, if you have off days, let's say you fail a few scenes in a row, buddy, it's not looking too good. You know, now, now you're, you're a risk. Yeah. Now, especially those companies you worked for are going to be a little hesitant to hire you back because they're on the clock too. Cost everything costs money. Everything costs money, and even if the day doesn't go well, well, they still have to pay the location fee. They still have to pay the makeup artist. They still have to pay the girl her kill fee. Mm-hmm. So you know, money's already
0: spent. So. That's you know. crazy, man. That's crazy. It's interesting because basically. If you take, I mean, because we live in a society in which sex is incredibly taboo, Mm. and it's always taboo, and it's part of the reason why I think, personally, I think we have a lot of sex crimes and everything else is because we keep this sort of caged up and all these energies caged up. So once you get past that, once you sort of look at this the way it is, and this is an industry, an entertainment industry, I mean, fuck, dude, what were the statistics I was looking at? It was, uh, how many views your shit has had on fucking Pornhub? Oh, you have a little blurb about me, do you? Yeah, it was like over six hundred and fifty million views.
2: Yeah, yeah, over almost almost a billion views.
0: That's fucking insane. Almost,
2: but guess what? You know how much money I saw from that? Oh, nothing,
0: nothing, dude. I'm right there with mm-hmm. you, man. Because when we do, when I direct music videos and shit, mm-hmm. they pay oh. us, they pay yep. us just to show up. They pay us just to do the fucking job. Yeah. And every time those videos cross that YouTube million dollar fucking mark, I see nothing.
2: Yeah, it's just a buyout fee. And, and and I've even, like, raised concerns with Pornhub about that. I was like and, – and what they said is, well, you can make your own channel and release your own clips. And I'm like, yeah, but you guys made a channel for me. You had a writer write a bio about me. And that channel has, you know, over half – I mean, yeah, over, over half a million views. No, I'm sorry. Over 500 million views, right? What was it? Six, 600 six hundred fifty. 650. A lot of fucking views. 650. And, you know, that goes – nothing nothing for me
0: dude it's so fucked up paying me an exposure it's it's so Mm -hmm. fucked up sorry guys it's so fucked up that uh i mean that's kind of where we are in general right now and that's i think what you're seeing with Pornhub. you're seeing with spotify and what Mm. and this was something back when i was doing stuff for suicide girls i was seeing for suicide girls that it's more about the brand It's more about the brand name. It's more about the title for it. Because back when I was shooting for them, I think I've talked about it on the show a little bit. Um, A lot of people don't realize that there was actually a guy who was also behind Suicide Girls, even though they said it was Missy that ran the whole show. There was a guy, and I was talking to the guy that was behind the scenes Mm -hmm. on the whole thing. And I was like, look, the only reason I want to shoot for you guys is because you have such a huge audience. And I was getting into music videos at at that time. I'm like, Rob Zombie was a member of it. All these people that I wanted to work with were a member of it. And being a film guy, I was like, look, I'll do high production value shoots. Like the girls that I shot, they'd show up and there was a fucking grip truck and there was a fucking team. And these are girls that are used to like a guy in a basement with a mattress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a fucking shotgun and here's a mattress. Yeah, yeah. So they would show up and do a film scene and, and suicide girls would get pissed at me because most of the time after the girls work with me, they'd leave the website. Because they were like, I'm not getting treated well enough, and this mm-hmm. isn't right, and the contracts weren't right, so they ended up leaving. So that was a, a source of contention. But when I talked to the guy, I said, Look, why don't we do what Playboy did and let's make these girls larger than life? Like, let's take the ones that are here, the, the, the top ones, and let's make them huge. I'll make them look like comic book heroes, I'll make them look mm-hmm. massive, you know? And the guy's like, Yeah, I don't want to do that. And I was like, Why not? And he goes, Because it's not about the fucking girls. He's like, it's about the fucking brand. brand. And if the girls get too much power, then they're gonna be too expensive for us. We're not gonna be able to maintain them. We're not gonna be able to maintain that fucking brand. And that, you're seeing that straight across the board. You're seeing that with like, I even bring it down to Spotify now, where it's more important that, what channel am I listening to on Spotify? Like, what is this thing? And half the time I'll ask young people like, who are you listening to right now? What's the name of the fucking band? Oh, I don't know. I'm listening to the fucking Coldplay channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like a radio channel. Yeah. And so it's it's been this trend, which, I, and I'm a fucking moron, so what do I know? But what I've been looking at is that it's been this trend, I feel like, coming out of like Silicon Valley. Like the whole build a, build a brand, build a .com, build a fucking thing, and then figure out how to make that as big as fucking possible. And a lot of these places like Vice, MTV... Mm-hmm they don't pay the talent well because if they had to pay the talent well if they had to pay for this content if Pornhub had to pay you guys to do that shit they never would have been fucking Pornhub because yeah. it would be too expensive look at like YouTube YouTube's origins started with people ripping copywritten videos and putting them on fucking YouTube mm. that's how they got big So when you look at these business plans, it's fucking fascinating, and you see it in the porn industry, you see it in the music industry, you see it in the fucking film industry now, where it's like, how do, how do you, how does someone like you, where you've spent so much fucking time hacking your physicality, it's almost like you're a contortionist, it's almost like you're a stuntman. Sure, yeah, exactly, exactly. So like you, yeah. Mm -hmm. So like you've you've hacked your physicality, you do all this fucking hard work, and then you have to survive, and then you have to survive well because the job you do is pretty fucking tough i mean people yeah. are like cool you get to fuck chicks all the time yeah yeah, yeah. but it's not as easy as it sounds it, it's not as easy as it, it also sounds. sounds fucking terrifying to me because then you're going to be like so are you desensitized at this point like is it do you do you still find do you still find ladies as odd as you did before you're in the, the porn industry
2: yeah i would say so but i'm also now more uh aware of like little things that annoy me,
0: (laughs) you know, or just, or just things where I'm like,
2: I know they're only doing this for the benefit of, of the audience, not because they authentically like it. Yeah. You know, so I can like weed through that bullshit a lot. And I guess that, that pisses me off a little bit, but at the same time, if, if we're having sex, it's still my job. So I can still find something that I like and that turns me on. But yeah, you make you make a really good point about that with, um, you know as as performers we we generally for the most part only get buyout fees it's very rare that we'll, that we'll see any residuals unless we own the
0: content ourselves yeah but and there's a couple you know, of there's a, there's been a couple of performers that have done that very well and they've sort of built their own brand for themselves but and as far as a buyout fee that's like a day rate for you right you show up and they give you a day rate or they mm-hmm. give you a buyout fee for the whole project
2: well yeah it's a day rate it's just a day yeah, rate yeah just a day rate but you know hours Most of the time, um, I'd say most of my days at work, I'm I'm there less than six hours. It's not bad. Yeah, and that's also adding in the drive to and from. Mm -hmm. And on some days, it takes longer to get there and back than it does to actually do the work. Yeah. But still, if I'm not putting in, if I'm not physically there, I do not get paid. So, you know, I'm only as good as my body. Yeah. Once my body starts to give out, I can't. Then you're fucked. Yeah, I can't fake it. Yeah. You know, so which is
0: an interesting uh, segue at this point. So, and and you don't have to give me specifics, but are you getting paid enough for the longevity? Like it's like like a fucking football player. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they get smashed. Like you getting paid enough. So that when your body stops doing this shit, you're, you're going to be good. You'll be okay.
2: Yeah, I got that $40 million contract. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm paid well for the interim. But unless, unless you're very scrupulous with, with saving and, and, and you really inv- invest and really earn that money and put it aside, especially living in L.A., no, the money is enough for me to live and you live comfortably. But if things were to suddenly, you know, go to shit, I'd be in a pretty tough position. I'd be in a very tough position.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the purpose of, I think when people, a lot of people look at uh, actors' salaries, like big actor salaries, and they're like, why did this person get fucking two million? Why'd this, why, did, why did these people get residuals? And yeah. essentially, that's the purpose of it. It's like, you're never gonna get paid enough in the front for long-term survival. And, and especially with these companies that are consistently going to be making licensing fees, they're going to be making cash on this stuff in yeah. the long
2: term. They, they release one scene 10 different times. Yeah,
0: so they, you know? they, they make like 10 different fucking paychecks on that at mm. that point. But I sign away all my rights. It sucks, dude. Because yeah, the, it, the contracts
2: are shitty. They are bad. They're bad. But... It's like, okay, well if you if you sign away everything, you'll at least get this check right now. Great. Yeah. Right now. And you don't have to do you don't have to work that hard to get it. So it's like they promise you, you know, this this quote unquote fame and fortune. Mm-hmm. But it that does, goes it, away. Yeah, really yeah. It doesn't it doesn't really come. It doesn't come. It <laughs> becomes a day job. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah.
0: And I think that's why they end up hiring a lot of young people. And then that goes back to why the fucking turnover rate's so fucking crazy right now.
2: Oh, yeah. Now. oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. cause a lot of girls will come in, you know, fresh off the bus, and, and they're being offered an amount of money they've never seen before for an act that, you know, will take a couple hours of their time. And maybe they're not comfortable with it completely, but the money's there. Yeah. So they take it, but then... Once they do it, and especially if you do like a first, once you do a first, that rate that you're offered is only a first time rate. After that point, it reduces. That's
0: fucking insane.
2: You know, unless you're able to build a brand. Yeah. Like what you're saying, like there are performers who have a big brand and they command a lot and they make most of their money not from shooting scenes. They use scenes as just promotion. All their other ventures,
0: because they do like uh, appearances and they do touring and that kind of stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. And they'll be dancing, and they have subscription services, you know, OnlyFans, Snapchat, yeah, um, their own website, and they shoot their own content, and they'll have their own Pornhub channels and other Tube channels that are getting millions of views. So they're getting, you know, checks from so many different avenues. So. As a performer, it's it's in our best interest to diversify. Yeah. You know, don't just rely on, on third-party producers to, to keep you paid. You need to start making your own content. You need to have subscription services. And you need to kind of build yourself up as a brand.
0: Does that still work for the guys, though? Because I, I can see that working for the girls, but is that a big thing?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, nowadays, yes, definitely. Because we're not as anonymous as we once were. Okay. You know, back in, like, the early 2000s. You know, there was, like... Way back when, when porn was first like in theaters and stuff, the guys were were just as famous. They were getting paid very well, and they were treated like celebrities. And then once once porn became um, like into the video age, and into like the mini DV age of uh, like early two thousands, there were so many guys. Yeah, and and there were some who were consistent, who were working you know three scenes a day, getting paid a lot of money to do like relatively easy work Mm -hmm. Um, because there was no dialogue. It was all gonzo. It was literally walk in naked and hard, fuck for 20 minutes. That's it. That's all you got to do. But now I'm I'm finding that, I mean, like I get fan mail all the time and there are people who watch specifically for the guys because they, I don't know, they appreciate us or they want to fuck us. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, yeah, us us guys, if, if you've been in it for a while and you have, a good reputation, um, yeah, you, you can get noticed, and and that can your, your brand can build as a result. Will it be as big? Probably not. <laughs> you know, like Johnny Sins is probably one of the most popular guys right now. He's a brand. Yeah, yeah. Manuel Ferrar
0: is a brand, but they're few and far between. I'd say. Do you have any uh, uh, aspirations to have your own brand like that? Have you ever thought about doing that kind of thing?
2: I just don't know what I would be. You know, because like my. My brand right now is like uh, the everyday average boy next door who's like, you know. Kind I think of, you
0: should lean into the Jake Gyllenhaal is what you yeah, should. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, he's he's he's
2: nerdy and shy, but but he can fuck. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, how do I build? What do I build that into? I, I really, I really don't know. But what I was hoping to do, and what I still hope to do, is have my writing supersede, yeah, yeah. my porn, yeah, you know, because that's something that can last. Even though my porn scenes will last longer than, than I am, you know, yeah. like once, once I'm dead, the scenes will still be circulated. They'll still be cutting new compilation DVDs <laughs> of my scenes, you know? Like, right, because they own the fucking rights to it all. Yeah, so that stuff will, will e- exist forever.
0: And, and this is a good segue into it, because you are writing about this stuff, right? So mm. uh, how, when did you start writing about the industry? Uh, during my first year. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I've always been a writer.
2: And I wanted to be a screenwriter when I was younger. So, you know, my buddies and I, we would always shoot short films and I would always elect myself to be the writer of it. And then I went to college for film and I thought that's what I was going to be doing. But then the opportunity for porn came up and I was like, well, let me just, I just gotta scratch this itch. Let me just dive in and see if I'm any good. Started doing it and in the first year, I kind of forgot about writing. Mm. You know, I was really, really um, overwhelmed with kind of L.A. as a whole. It's so when I started doing a lot of drugs, started having a lot of sex, like more sex than I've ever had.
0: On camera and off camera? Yeah, just okay.
2: a lot. Like I was, I was reckless. Okay. You know, I was, oh my God, yeah. I was, just, I was fucking everything. And, and um, I, I met a friend group who introduced me to psychedelics, which I had never done before. And I was just overwhelmed with all of it. So one night I was tripping on shrooms and mm-hmm. I had a bad trip. I thought I was going to die. Oh my God. I was I was scared. I was really scared. And I came out of it a little early and I just had this like moment of clarity where I thought, you know, I need to record this. I need to have some record of this time, if, if not for anything, just for myself to know what I was thinking, what I was doing, how I got from... You know, Southeast Pennsylvania to now I'm living in LA. I'm a a quote-unquote porn star in less than a year. How did this happen? So I just started journaling, you know, about my days at work. Good days, bad days, about what I was doing offset, about, you know, what I was afraid of for the future and and things I really liked. And it all kind of just, just like coalesced into um, a narrative. And I thought, you know, a couple years later I had a dozen notebooks of this shit And I was thinking like, well, okay, if, and this was also a period where um, someone in porn who I had known uh, got HIV, Okay. you know, and that, that rarely happens, but it does still happen. And when it does, the industry shuts down. Everything just comes to a close. Your whole month, cancel it. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a moratorium. So what happens is they, they have to test that person again, confirm it, test all their partners, test all of their partners' partners, and so on until you get to a dead end. You
0: guys, there must be a freakout fucking period.
2: Freakout, big time freakout. So, so what happened in that period is I realized with all these journal entries, I shouldn't just do it as a masturbatory, you know, let me, let me journal for the sake of journaling. I should try to create something that could possibly outlive my porn career. Mm-hmm. You know, something that, that I could transition to after porn because it was it was made abundantly clear to me that your porn career can be over like
0: that. Yeah.
2: You know, one minute you're you're on top of the world and the next minute you're never going to shoot again ever. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, what happens after? What are you going to do? So, I just wanted to you know, sort of prepare for the future. Smart, and, dude. And that's that's what I focused on.
0: Dude, it's smart.
2: It's valid. I mean, I mean, I don't know how much money there is as a writer, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, but I mean, you're, but, you're
0: actually creating your own intellectual property, which then becomes yeah. worth something. Exactly. Which, exactly. which is very fucking smart. And then, um, it's like like I was saying, it's fucking valid because as a storyteller, whether you're a director, whether you're a filmmaker, whether you're an actor, what you're trying to do is you're trying to convey to a viewer to someone that's below or or, or like a younger person or to someone who's never experienced something, a life experience that you've had and lessons that you've learned through these life experiences. And you're living such a intensely vigorous sort of lifestyle in a, in a, in a place that a lot of people are just morbidly curious of because Mm. of all of the, the repression of sexual feelings and the repression of sexual desires and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, just, just the fact that you're on this fucking show, a lot of people are going to be listening to this episode going like, what's it like to be a fucking dude that gets paid to fuck people?
3: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: And I, dude, it's so fucking smart that you're writing about this shit, man, because I, I think it's, you're not only just telling a story about what it's like to be a porn star, but you're also giving people an idea of what it's like to take a risk, what it's like to master your body to a certain extent and then what it's like um, to deal with uh, potentially becoming extinct in, it like instantly. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. And those are all the fears that we all fucking have. Just, yours just ha- seem to happen. And, it burns brighter. It's like a fucking flame that burns a lot brighter.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. grow up real fast in porn. Yeah, yeah. You, you learn a lot of hard life lessons when you least expect it. But, yeah, I just wanted to, to create something that was Uh new you know for for people who are unfamiliar with porn they can learn and they can see like okay he's a person you know he's not a machine he's not a prop he has feelings he has thoughts and I also wanted to create something relatable you know hoping that the people who read it can see a little bit of themselves in it you know as maybe a young kid who's just curious or maybe a jaded adult who feels that um what, what they thought was going to be their, their outlet is now sort of, you know, drying up. Yeah. And, and what are they going to do? Where yeah. are they going to go next? And
0: I also feel like, you know, due to a certain, exp- especially especially with porn, I feel like it's good to, to pull back the curtain and reveal a little bit of it. Just the fact that you're talking about how she had to have like hands open her mouth and that was the way that you guys fake a fucking cum shot. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's so many people that daily, the statistics are here. You wake up in the morning, you put on fucking Pornhub, and this is just continuously part of people's process, part of their relaxing process, part of their uh, their release process. Some people, you know, need porn in order to have some sort of sexual experience. Period. So oh, yeah. you're seeing these things where it then comes down to that dilemma that we're also feeling in the movie industry, and they say this shit all the time, where it's like, well, we're giving the audience what the audience wants, but then you're only giving them a very specific thing. So what comes first? Is it the fucking chicken or the egg? Like, Mm -hmm. how does that happen? And so you're having all this sort of like faux ancestral kind of content that's going out there. How is that stuff affecting younger viewers that are getting into it? And then how is that affecting, because there's all sorts of like um, psychological statistics out there on like how men view women based upon the porn that they're fucking watching and based upon all this sort of shit. Oh yeah. Um, And I think there just hits a point where it's important that we realize that it, it's not fucking real and the shit that you're doing is not fucking real. Yeah, it's entertainment. And it's it it has to be entertainment for entertainment's sake. You have to understand how that entertainment's made and educate how that entertainment's made. This like I don't have kids, but if I had a young guy, if I had a young boy that was watching porn, I would literally want to sit there and go, "This is exactly how it works." She's faking it. He's faking it. There's a whole crew behind. Mm-hmm. Like, none of this is fucking real. You're never going to find a woman in real life that wants to do all that bullshit that she did on screen. And you're never going to be a hero for making her fucking do all that bullshit on screen. Like, you you just need to understand <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that what you're watching is, is the equivalent of fucking uh, Will Smith... Fucking driving a car and leaning out the fucking car and shooting a guy with a gun in slow motion. <laughs> it's right. the fucking
2: equivalent of that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we're putting on a show. Yeah, we're
0: putting on a show. And it's not. It's no dig to the people that are doing it because you're you're putting on a show. You're entertaining. That's what the process is.
2: Yeah, and we have fun doing it too. You know, yeah. and that's that's what I hope for every day. Like I don't, I don't go into every day like, Oh, I got to go to work.
0: Damn it. I, 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 I
2: go and I, and I hope that I can get lost in the scene and we can just have like this genuine organic experience. And 45 minutes later, I'm like, fuck, we're done. Damn, damn. That was awesome. And a lot of times that's how it is. Yeah. You know, at, especially at this point in my, in my, my life, my career, I want that
0: every day. So I try to make that happen. And, um, but dude, it's the same thing. There's a parallel here. And I'm trying to draw these parallels because I'm like, Mike, why do you have a porn star on the show? It's there are parallels here. Sure. Like yeah. for me, I feel that same fucking way when I go to set and I get two actors and we're in a place that we all shouldn't be in, and we're creating a love scene between two people. Or I'm creating a, a scary fucking moment or a suspenseful scene, mm-hmm. and then you get that. It must be the same vibe where you're sitting there going like, "Yeah, this is it, man. This is it."
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like you, you don't just want to, you know, shoot and and get like um, a shot reverse shot. And okay, we got it. Mm-hmm. Like you want something special. You 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 want to try to have like that it factor, that lightning in a bottle.
0: What um, is uh What is a good lightning in a bottle story? Is there one that sticks out over, over your whole career? Like what is like. And I know it's a tough question because you're probably working all the fucking time, but is there a moment that you're like, this is the reason why you do porn. Like, this day is why you Mm. do it. It's a tough
2: question. It's actually easier to, like, pick out the bad days (laughs) because they they kind of, like, sit a lot longer, but um, I don't don't know if I have one specific day that, that stands out to me, but... I I do just know like what what I'd said earlier, like when I when we start shooting a scene and when we can just get lost in it and time doesn't exist and we're just having fun and, and performing like at, at full capacity, those are the moments that I always reflect on. I'm like, that's why I do it. Yeah. That's why I do it. You're on a high, you leave on on this cloud and your adrenaline is pumping and then your endorphins are racing at the end and you're like, yeah, damn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that shit. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. right. But <laughs> At the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, great. I did that, but I'm only as good as my last scene. So I got to do it again tomorrow. You got to do it again the next day.
0: Dude, it's my fucking job too, man. Uh-huh. Only as good as that last movie that I put up. Only as good as that last fucking thing. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the same fucking thing, man.
2: Yeah. So you can't really coast on the high of the last one. Yeah, You got to take that energy and then put it into the next one. It's very true.
0: And then how's, um, you know... How's the personal life? Are you with somebody? Have you been with somebody?
2: Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a girlfriend currently. Nice. Yeah, I've right. been dating for a little over a year now. Nice. Um, but no, relationships are tough. They're tough anywhere. They're yeah. tough anywhere, man. I can only imagine
0: relationships are tough in, in the regular world, but then you're dealing with the potential for jealousy, but the potential for yeah. all those fucking things. Like,
2: yeah, oh, but she's also a performer, so okay. she understands what the work is like. And I feel... At least in my experience if if you aren't part of the world
3: Mm -hmm.
2: you can't you never know what it's like you know people can tell you what it's like and you can get an idea but until you actually see it happen you really you're just guessing what's going on behind the scenes you know I I talk to a lot of guys and they think that I show up to set and it's kind of like a fuck fest (laughs) you know and every girl (laughs) wants to fuck me and this this and that and it's like no, dude, that's not how it is. I show up and I kind of sit in a corner and read a book for forty minutes, and then, and then when they're ready for me, we do it. But until we're in front of the camera and it's time, you know, me and my partner, we're not, we're not really like we're talking, but we're not like being physical with each other or anything. It's, it's not, it's not what you think. It's, it's really like okay, action. Now we get into it. Can you turn it on in that moment? Um, but anyway, back to, back to the relationships. Yeah. But what's what's hardest for me is like I'm just at a weird stage in my life where, um, I, I, I guess for the first time I'm like talking about emotions and I'm and I'm working through all of this, not trauma but things that I've kept inside of me, Got you know it. that that kind of keep me distant from partners. Okay, and this is my first relationship where I'm really trying to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and and expose my dark side and then try to amend it mm-hmm. as well you mm-hmm. know I'm in therapy it's that's been about six months and just talking about all these things like it, it's hard for me to to really open up but when I do the rewards are are great yeah you know and it's it's like wow I wait I mean, of course like now I'm, I'm about to be 30 when I look back at me at like 22 23, you know, I was an asshole. I I was a dick. I, I I would just I would just do a lot of bad things and not really think twice about it. But now I'm very conscious about like the decisions I make and the words I say and how I present myself to people. Um, so with, with a partner <laughs> it's that much harder because I wanna be the best version, but also I'm trying to, you know, just get over myself. Yeah. Just get over, over my bullshit that, that's that's keeping me from, from like self actualization, you know?
0: Dude, and, and and not to invalidate any of that stuff by, by saying this, but you're going through what most people go through through their twenties and getting into their thirties.
2: Yeah. That's what I've been told. Everyone Dude, I talk to, they're like, trust me, that's it gets the cross, better man. That's
0: the crossover. For me, mm-hmm. the thirties fucking rocked. Because what happens is you go from being a teenager. I feel like you're a teenager for a long run, like you're a teenager into your fucking 20s, and you're just, you're like, okay, I'm on my own, I could do do anything, I can eat as much as I want, I can fuck as much as I want, I can do all this stuff, and so you're just trying to process all of that, I want to have all these experiences, I want to fucking travel the world, I want to do all that sort of shit, and then you start to get a little bit of time in, and then you realize what it is that you like, and what it is that you don't like, and how your body reacts to certain things and how yeah. it doesn't do this. So then you start to cross into that 30 point. And 30 for a lot of people was, for me, anxiety-fueled. Where you're just like, fuck, I'm not in my 20s anymore. Now I'm fucking 30. What yeah. the fuck does that mean? Now I'm an adult. I'm an adult, right? <laughs> I'm supposed to have two kids. supposed to be dropping them off at fucking school. Like, is <laughs> yeah, this yeah, what yeah. the fucking 30s are supposed to be, you know? And so, you know, I I remember because I am I was one of those guys. That was that I also don't sort of confront my emotions. I was, who was who was I with? Gina's going to hate me. I wasn't with Gina when I turned 30. So I was going through this process uh, of convincing myself like, I'm fucking cool, man. I'm going to transition into these 30s. I'm not going to be that guy that has any of these thoughts. I'm not going to do that shit. I'm just going to be fucking, I'm fine. And I remember after my 30th birthday, I was just like, I felt like shit. And I was just trying to hold it down. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Who gives a fuck? It's 30. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then you're just dealing with it going like, actually i do give a fuck and why do i give a fuck and what do i care about hard and so then 31 and 32 was just sort of recovering from that where it's just like now i'm not now i'm not in my 20s anymore i think a lot of that is because our society fucking takes these young kids and puts them at such a fucking high pedestal oh yeah where it's just like this is the this is the peak of your life like what's her name that just won all the fucking grammys
2: Billy Eilish.
0: Billy Eilish, yeah. Billie, like, like they're fucking building her up, man. 18 years old, wrote all these things in her fucking basement. This is the pinnacle of her fucking life. She's on stage, she's getting all these fucking Grammys. And so you're looking at that as a person and going, I'm not 18 anymore. Yeah, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? And it's fucking, I'm 30 now. Like, fuck. Like, what the fuck? You know? And, and so a lot of people realize that. And it, it's interesting that you've done what a lot of people want to do by that point. And so mm-hmm. then you're you're hitting that point point, you're crossing over it and going, this is what I like and what I don't like. And so what it does is it's almost like a refinement. So then oh, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. cross into your 30s and you feel more refined. And you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just starting to figure this shit out. You know what I mean? And it's nice, dude. Like you get in your mid-30s and you're like, I know what's up now. I know what's up. I know what I need. I know how many hours of sleep I need at night now. I know... Mm-hmm. I know what kind of woman I want to be with. I know how to say things to people, and have them actually understand who I am by by saying things the correct way. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to comfort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're doing a good job, man. You're doing a great
2: job. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, it's, I've been looking forward to my 30s for exactly that reason. But yeah, you really. Uh, I think you uh, you hit it home for me there, dude. It's great,
0: dude. It's fucking great, and the 40s are great too. I mean, it's it's just fun, and I I think. We've been so, as a culture, as, a, as an American culture, we're so allergic to getting older because we're all yeah, fucking yeah, scared yeah. of death, you know what I mean? And we're all like, fuck, we're going to die. Right, and you our know? bodies start betraying us. So yeah. Like, but
2: wait, but you were so good before. What happened? Yeah,
0: yeah. And, it's, and then, you know, maybe your parents start dropping, you know what I mean? And then, like, that mortality starts kicking in mm. and you're like, fuck. Um, but the truth of the matter is, it's like getting older, it's like getting a good whiskey, you know what I mean? Like the shit that's around longer just tastes more complex. It's more interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a smoother fucking drink. Like you get it, man.
2: Yeah, the complexity. I like that.
0: Yeah. And it's, dude, I love it, man. And as a storyteller and as a writer, it's going to fucking kick in hard, man. Because you're going to yeah. have, you've burned so brightly in those 20s where you have like this, I, I can only assume the people that you've met. And the stories that you've heard and the people that you've exchanged with, and the people that you've exchanged bodily fluids with. Yeah. Like, oh, man. For it's it's
2: sake. a wealth of knowledge. Like, oh, my God. A, an infinite pool of inspiration of just <laughs> different characters from, you know, all walks of life. Dude, or write right? a
0: fucking killer script. I'll fucking direct that shit in a heartbeat.
2: And, man. like, the, the one thing that's in common is, like, well, we've still, no matter what we went through in our different experiences, here we are about to have sex, about to have this really intimate moment, not for us, mm-hmm. for the anonymous viewers, mm-hmm. you know, for the benefit of people we'll never see, but who feel like they have ultimate control over us.
0: Would that be weird if you could meet the people that were getting off on you? Would that be a strange thing for you?
2: We do it all the time. Okay. Conventions, you know, AVN just happened. That was that was last week. Oh, right. right. I didn't go this year, but... Um, you know, I, I, I'd I go every other year, pretty much. But yeah, there, fans travel from all over the world, and you get to meet them. And yeah, sometimes it's a strange experience. I mean, more so for the women, yeah. definitely. They, yeah. they get it worse. They get it, you know, at, at full, full, full stream from everyone where people are, you know, telling them stories about how they... How they first saw them, and then oh, I've been watching you for years, and I have all of your DVDs, and I'm so obsessed with you, and I'm a huge
0: fan, and this, this, and that, and that can be fucking overwhelming. Well, dude, there's a very special brand of person that is willing to go and travel to that spot and actually talk to somebody that they're jacking off to every fucking day. Yeah, yeah, this is get, a very special get the, photo, special, you get the special autograph, kind
2: of you know. But yeah, they they see everything.
0: Oh, I um, can only imagine on that spectrum. But man. It,
2: You know, it is flattering though. Yeah. You know, it's when, when they're respectful, sometimes they're not. But when, when you do meet someone and they're like, you know, like I, like I said, I get mail a lot and, um, a lot of people say, and I don't know how true it is because who knows how many people are sending it to, but they're like, I didn't used to watch porn, you know? And then I saw a scene of yours and somehow you connected with me. Mm -hmm. You made me see that you're human. And you have a range of emotions, and you bring that to your work. And it's not just a machine, you know, going through the motions. Like, there is genuine emotion and chemistry on your face and in your body language. Thank you. And I go, oh, that's really sweet of you to say. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome.
0: Dude, I mean, being a guy that, you know, everybody watches porn. I watch porn. So, for me, especially being someone that comes from this industry and can see shit. Like suspension of disbelief is the hardest thing for a director. Sure. Yeah, business. yeah,
2: you see all the strings.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But So when there's those moments where you're watching something and someone has like what seems to be a real, real reaction and I oftentimes when I'm watching porn and if I see something like that, I'm like, oh, that was a slip up or something, but it's not. It's like an intentional thing. Like the mm-hmm. fact that that performer was able to convince me that, hey, he's genuinely feeling this or she's genuinely feeling this. And it's in those subtleties, it's in like you know, when two people hold each other or how someone moves or like how their body reacts, yeah, and is there a lot of that stuff that's real still, or is that is that all still performance stuff? It's a good question, mm. you know
2: um, like I said earlier, for me, I try to get lost in each scene, so i I hope that I'm not just going through the motions, and it isn't just performance stuff, but ultimately, everything we do you know is for the benefit of the camera. Yeah. We're we're coming together to put on a show to be captured on camera. So no matter what we do, we're always conscious of of where the camera is and opening up, you know, finding the light. Hmm. So you know, it's it is being real and genuine but within those parameters.
0: Such a strange thought too. Would you prefer it if it wasn't that? Like if you were in a scenario in which there was a room that was rigged up, 360 lighting. The fucking cameras weren't there. They, the cameras didn't exist. Mm. Would the scenes be as good? Would it be as interesting for you to do that?
3: I don't know.
2: I don't know. I, honestly, I don't think so. Because when I watch porn, I, I I like, I I genuinely enjoy the performance aspect of it, and mm-hmm. I like the showiness, and I like that everything is opened up and geared towards towards the audience and the performers maybe have this sort of like disconnect between them. That's what I'd get off to. I don't know. I don't know. And performance style, it probably, it would definitely open itself up to more spontaneity. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have to be beholden to like, okay, you know, there, this is, this this is the the angle. This this is is the the angle and, and open up everything towards this one particular angle. If, if you had the open space to do whatever you wanted Yeah, it could definitely be more fun as a performer.
0: Okay. it's fascinating. But
2: as a viewer, I think my my tastes differ from performance to consumer.
0: Yeah. Because Pornhub has all sorts of shit. They have the stuff that you guys do, but then they'll also get like, you know you know, completely unprofessional, like two people having sex. And and at that point, if you're looking at those cliffs, it's just like literally two people on top of each other, like a fucking sandwich. And then they're moving. And you're yeah. just like, this is fucking boring as shit.
2: Some people like that. Some, some people can only watch the amateur stuff because of the fact that it has this like sense of, of, of realism to it. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe it was real. Maybe it was spontaneous. Maybe they are a couple, but I've done plenty of scenes where, they shoot it that way yeah but we're still two paid performers who may or may not have met before that
0: day yeah you know
2: but we're still but we're there to create this 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 air of
0: realism yeah it's wild um how how are we doing on time do i have you for a bit
2: oh me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. all right
0: let's take a break uh because i'm gonna use uh i gotta take a (laughs) week so let's take a break we'll come back guys what did i tell you guys it's fascinating isn't it and the only reason why i'm jumping in here right now the only reason why you hear that code electro music kicking in the background is because i understand that this is a long episode i understand that uh you may not have four hours or whatever this thing ends up being to sit there and listen to this so i just wanted to encourage you to take a break right this is a good spot to pause it right because it's things are going to change a little bit after this so this is a good place to pause it and come back tomorrow and look at us giving you enough podcast content for two days this week (laughs) pretty cool right you guys should uh donate for that one right doing twice the work i got liam doing twice the edits on this yep he's over there rubbing his hands together wishing that he uh chose 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 another internship <laughs> so this is the perfect time to take a break from the show and uh you know so i'm gonna let you do it right now but if you're gonna go sit through it if you're captivated or maybe you're coming back maybe you just uh this is the next day and you're back and you want to continue listening to the show strap in man because we're gonna get deep 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 into what it's like from a personal side, what it's like on his personal life, working in the porn industry. And he's got a lot of good fucking advice for us as human beings. So strap in, man. Hope you guys continue to enjoy the show. Uh, I'll just give you another intro, man. Grab those noise-canceling headphones, put them back on, sit back, relax, and enjoy, continue to enjoy this episode of In Love with the Process. Let's get um let's get back into it and I want to talk a bit more about the industry cuz this is all fascinating to me cuz I'm getting answers that um that uh for shit that I assume that I knew the answers to which is most of the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah, all yeah, think yeah. we know fucking everything.
2: Of course. Yeah, but like I said, unless until you're there, yeah. you really have no idea.
0: So there's this there's this um I don't know if it's a rumor, I don't know if it's truth, but there's this thing sort of going around with male performers in the industry that the only way that you can make any real money is if you do, like, gay porn, if you're doing guy-on-guy stuff. Is that true? Is that where the real money is?
2: I mean, there's more money, sure. But, you know, that's a side of the industry that I really don't know. And and truth be told, the, the industries are are separate. Really? You know, like, there's an AVN, and then there's a gay-VN. Mm. They're two almost completely different industries that... Do intersect, but I I, I don't really know because you've what never life done like it, you've never side. done the
0: crossover. You've never done no no no. Yeah.
2: I mean, and a lot of people ask me that too because they're like, well, in order to be a male performer, don't you have to start gay and then you can transition? I'm like, well, no, no, <laughs> that's not what you have to do. People say that, uh, and I'm sure the rumor got started because I bet a lot of guys were duped into doing that.
3: They're mm. like,
2: oh, I want to fuck chicks on camera. What do I have to do? And some guys like, well you could blow me for it. And he's like, "Well, if I got to do it, I'll do it." But yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's even like a, a true thing or not, but hmm. in my experience, I would say the opposite because you know, the straight side, there's still like rampant homophobia. Really? And yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen so many guys get outed for having done gay porn and it becomes like I don't know, it becomes like like a battle where they either say, like, I did it, I'm proud of it, mm-hmm. and there's nothing you can do. Or they'll say, that wasn't me, that person just looks like me, you know, I would never do that shit, blah, blah, blah. And then other people would come out of the woodwork and say, like, well, like agencies, for example, say, well, none of my girls will ever work with a crossover performer, so you're on our no list. And I, that's that's damaging. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, like, that, I, that's so uneducated. Because we're all yeah. tested the same, 14 days, same tests, so it doesn't matter, and and to add to the point, there are plenty of girls in the business who will work with crossover performers, but they don't get any of the same flack. Hmm. It's only the guys. Hmm. So yeah, like that's that's one of the shitty elements of, of the industry.
0: It's kind of be cra- kind of crazy. So then, if you're, have you ever done, uh, you know, because I ha- I don't know the plethora of your catalog, mm-hmm. but have you ever done, have you ever done stuff with other guys like uh, like like um, like like. Uh, Guy and girl, guy, guy and girl, kind of thing. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I I don't do it too often. What's Um, What's
0: that like? Is that sort of like a locker room vibe? At that point, is it just like? Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Generally,
2: what will happen if there's like a few male performers on set, they'll all congregate to one area, and then the girls will go to their own area, (laughs) you know. And all the guys (laughs) sit around, talk shop, and like you know, bullshit about like, oh, this day was great, that day was shit, you know, what uh, a, what, what do you do now? Like, what's your workout routine? You know, what's your diet like this, this and that, and you just talk shop the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And then when it comes down to the scene, <laughs> there's like, at least in my experience, very little banter between the guys. Yeah. And, and sometimes there will be if that's like part of, of the, uh, the script.
0: But, but you guys are just focusing, right? You're just at that point.
2: Yeah, right? yeah, at that point, everyone's kind of focused on themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, My first and essentially last gangbang I ever did Mm -hmm. was god-awful. It was terrible. (laughs) Why? Why was it bad? Well, I was uh, very new in my career. This is is shortly after my first failed scene. Okay. You know? So you fail a scene. I fail a scene. I call my agent. I'm almost like in tears. I'm like, I fucked up. It's over. What am I going to do? And he's like, here's what you do. You get a prescription for Viagra. Oh, That'll be your saving grace. You know, if you ever find yourself in this position, you need to have this in your utility belt. Every male performer has to have some sort of artificial stimulation nearby just in case. So got the script and started shooting a few scenes with it. And I was like, damn, damn, I don't even
0: have to think. Because you're using, the, using Viagra? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And because I'd never had it in my bloodstream before, and I'm young and virile, it was like boom, just like oh my god, like unbelievable. So uh, then he asked me if I wanted to do a gangbang, and I was like, oh, huh. I've never done a gangbang before. You know, mm-hmm. I've never had sex with, I never had sex with one with a girl with other guys up to up until that point. You know?
0: right. Because there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of visual. <laughs> there's a whole lot of visual elements. Yeah, there yeah. It's,
2: it's a completely different dynamic. Yeah. But I thought like, well, shit, I want to be part of the club. You know, I want to prove that I'm I'm here to stay. So yeah, I'll do it. I signed up for it. And I show up. And first of all, you know, I'm a short guy. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a small build. <laughs> Every other guy there is big and hulking. Like and, and they're like deep in their thirties and their forties. They've been doing this job for decades. Probably right. between them all, there's a hundred years of experience. Wow. And me, I'm in my first year, first couple months, and I'm just like doe-eyed and oh, oh hi guys, oh it's good to see you. <laughs> but they all know what they're doing. They're they're so used to the ropes. Um then the scene begins and it's like a frenzy. You know? They all know exactly how to perform, how to how to share, while also you know, being, um, <laughs> just like being a, a pack of wild animals yeah. and I'm just in the back scared, yeah, you know, fuck. I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I, I took a Viagra of course beforehand. So I was like, okay, I, this is when I need it. And it wasn't working. It wasn't working because what I've learned is that those pills, while they're a fail safe, they don't work if, if your mind isn't Right. Fascinating. You you they, they facilitate the blood flow, but there's no guarantee it's gonna work. If your brain if you're scatterbrained and you're you're worried and scared and nervous, all the blood goes to your brain, goes to your heart. So, you know, my heart's fluttering, my head's pounding, my dick is soft. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? All these guys are around. And, and at this point, there's a large crew, too. You know, there's like three camera operators. Because there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, yeah. And they yeah. want to capture it all at once. It's not as simple as a, a boy-girl scene where you can cut and reset. It's like, go. Yeah. And we're just going to be documentarians, and we're going to capture to the best of our ability.
0: It's like turning fucking animals loose on each other.
2: Exactly. 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 So, yeah, I'm having a tough day, so I decided to pop another one. Uh And it didn't work. It just made it worse. made it so much worse. Now I'm like dizzy, you know, my ears are ringing. And the whole time, I don't even think I I, I did one position with her. I was just like in the back, you know, the guys are in front of me. And I'm like behind them, just like uh, hopelessly jerking off. (laughs) But eventually, eventually, we get to the end, you know, it's time to pop. And Mm -hmm. I do it. By some miracle, I do it. And as, as a male performer, generally... You know, if you don't pop, you don't get paid.
0: Oh Jesus! Okay, you know? so that's like talk a, about add that
2: fucking stress. That's that's a very important part. Like staying hard, obviously, is the most important part. But if you don't pop, what good are you? Yeah, you know what are you doing here? So I was able to do that and I got paid. But I just remember going home and I was like, what the.
0: How were the other guys to you? Were they cool? Or were they, was it like a hazing kind of thing or? No, no,
2: no. Like you know, they were not at, in any sense like mean to me at all. You okay, know? Cause yeah. just everyone's been there before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As, as, as a guy in porn, you're going to have a bad day. Right. You're going to fail at least one scene in your career. And everyone has seen this before. Everyone's been there before. So they were sympathetic, but at the same time, well, what can you do? Yeah. They have a job to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, they can be like, don't worry about it, man. But that's it. Yeah. That's it.
0: Um, Yeah, because they'd be like, get this guy out of here. He's killing my fucking vibe.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they don't, they don't, they're not focused on what I'm doing. Yeah. Just every so often, they'll like, they'll see me and they'll go, oh, yeah, here, come in, come in. Here's an open space for you. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So that was like the whole day. And, uh, you
0: like crowding around a fucking campfire at that point. Come on in here, buddy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, it's cool, guys. You got it under control, you know? (laughs) You take the reins. But that was, that was my first gangbang experience, and it was awful. It was awful, but I don't know. What I learned from it is just that it is an acquired taste. It isn't something, at least for me, you can't just dive into it and know what to
0: do. It requires
2: practice.
1: Dude, some some
0: guys can't go in a fucking locker room and take their fucking clothes off. You know what I mean? And, And then you're, not only are you around a bunch of other dudes that are naked, but you're around other dudes that are doing it such a private act that... Did, at oh, no yeah. point do does the average guy get to sit around with his buddy and go how do you jerk off how do you jerk off let's jerk off together let's exactly. see how we fucking do it
2: yeah yeah and
0: so you're getting exposed to that yeah know. With the like, crew around
2: in a big way but like said, <laughs> you learn really fast you learn really fast like what what you're comfortable with yeah yeah and f- since that day i i i don't I'm pretty sure I have never done a gangbang. I got to think about it. But since then? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Since then. So, so, you know, dude, it would fuck me up. You know, like that would be a fucking thing. God damn. Yeah. What a wild job you got, dude. What a wild fucking job. Yeah. It has its ups and downs. You and know? Did you ever think <laughs> about like, were you thinking about doing a gangbang when you were fucking getting into the business when you were 21? Were you like,
2: yeah. I mean, I was watching that stuff. So I knew that it was like on the table. That's true. And that was the first offer I had for one. But I somehow I don't know I don't know how exactly, but somehow my career, I've never really had to do any of those scenes. Mm. You know, that was an offer and I took it. And I've been offered that time and time again, but I say no. And it hasn't affected my career at all. I've been I've had, I would say, a pretty gifted, charmed career up until this point. You know, well, yeah, and not having to do kind of what you were saying, like like a an, an initiation mm. type of thing. I didn't really have to do any of those scenes to to prove my worth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tried. I tried on some of them, <laughs> and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, it, it hasn't really like affected me in a bad way.
0: What a cool experience to have in there when you start writing, man.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's in the book. Yeah, that's mm-hmm, yeah. That's that's like the centerpiece. And then, what's the name of the book again? Between the sheets. Between the sheets, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I saw that. That's really cool. I I gotta read it, man. I'm, yeah, it, I'm well, so like,
2: I wanted to give you a copy today,
3: but
0: get me a copy. We'll go our beer man. And we'll go out I... and get
2: beers and you get me a
0: copy. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah I left it at home. Yeah, yeah. Stupid me. I, I'm into but, it, dude. Yeah, you'll get it though. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated with it. Um... So let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the testing, like the AIDS testing. How does that work? Do you guys, do they just take blood samples from you? Do you have to go down to a clinic? Do they do it on sets? Like, how does that work?
2: Yeah, there are, uh, drawing stations, you know, all around the city. Um, but there's, there's two, two, I don't even know how to describe them. I we'll just say like entities, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and you have to go to one of these two entities to get your, your test.
0: Because they're the industry-trusted
2: yeah, spots. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Pricey. Pricey. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's all out of pocket, too.
0: Uh, fucking, uh-huh. yeah. but there's,
2: there's like a, a, a subsidy fund that we get, but mm. it's like, <laughs> it doesn't even cover one test when the check comes. And then
0: you're doing this, uh, what,
2: every 14 days? Every 14 days, yeah. Fuck. So we have to do a, a piss test and a blood test, and it's like a full-panel STD thing, and you can't work, obviously, if you test for anything- um, so you need a full full negative panel to, to to be eligible to work. Right. You know it's one of those prerequisites where even if you're not booked, you still need to get the test in case you're booked. Yeah. So there are there are times where you might get a test and you don't work for fourteen days, and then you got to get another test. You know, I've I've seen that all the time with people where they'll, they'll test and then like. You know, just Twitter has become a diary. So people will like, cry on Twitter like, oh, I have a test. No one's booked me. Please, please don't, don't let this go to waste, stuff like that. So it, it is, I mean, if you're in that position, it's a gamble to do yeah. it. You have to spend that money up front to be eligible right. to work, to earn
0: more money. You and know, the thing that's got to be crazy, I didn't think about this. You guys must have trouble getting health care.
2: I mean, I pay for mine out of pocket too.
0: Yeah, And which, do you have to tell your healthcare provider that you're a porn star and does that raise your fucking rates?
2: I mean, my rates are already pretty damn high, yeah. but um, no, there hasn't been, as far, as far as I know, any negative repercussions of saying I, that. I only
0: ask know. that because we, getting production insurance, like having to be a place that has production insurance all the time, the first thing, <laughs> the first thing that any production insurance place asks you is, are you doing hip-hop videos? is there going to be any guns on set? Mm. Is there going to be any cars? Like, if you are a guy that does hip-hop videos, and we should ask our buddy Dan about this and see what his production insurance is. Yeah, yeah, that's, get that's it. definitely his department. Because they would jack the fucking rates consistently mm. because they were like, "Is you doing hip-hop videos? If you're doing hip-hop videos, you're going to pay through the fucking teeth for production insurance because they yeah, could never yeah, trust yeah. what the hip-hop artists were going to do, especially in like the uh, or 90, late 90s, early 2000s. You never fucking do. Okay guy would take a fucking Lambo and drive it to a goddamn tree. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was wondering Except, if it was the same kind of deal, because you guys have that, you guys are just, I guess we're high risk, risk yeah. because you're just consistently, you're putting yourself out there to more people than the, the average fucking person ever
2: fucking would. Absolutely, yeah. Like, when a physician asks, like, oh, have you been sexually active in the last uh, 12 days or something? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how many partners? I'm like, uh, 40. You know, he's <laughs> like, what? He's like, sweet. Yeah, It's, like, it's ridiculous. I, I feel so, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta preface this by saying, you know, I, I'm in the adult industry, so I'm not just going out on the street and picking up people yeah, like, to the yeah, doctors. Because totally. that's, that's what they assume. And the reality of it is, I'm only having sex with other tested people.
0: Yeah. Which Granted, must be comforting to a certain extent, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. But, of course, there's also the the... Flip side, where I don't know what that person's doing in their private life. Yeah. You know, they could be having sex with untested people. I don't know. Right. I'm trusting that they're not. And that's that's an unwritten, you know, rule that I, th- I think should be, at, at times, like, given more, um, should be taken more seriously, is that the test is not a fail. It's a test. It doesn't mean you're you're, you're able to go out and fuck whoever you want. You know, it means you should only test, only fuck the people who are also in that same like quarantine circle,
0: out of respect for the people that you work
2: with. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Or if you don't respect the people that you work with, out of the general fear that you all have that that could be a fucking thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because even even with the testing, you know, we still get sick. It happens. Yeah. It happens. You, You can't you can't avoid it. You're having sex with so many different people. Most of the time, new people. You know, our bodies just
0: react in strange ways. Mm. That's crazy, man. And so, this being a job, like, this is a job for you. It's a physical fucking job, Mm -hmm. obviously. It's like, uh, if I'm in construction, right, and I'm swinging a fucking hammer every day, my hands are getting calloused, like, I'm actually getting scarred, I'm getting bruised, right? So, like, how do you, you must have to go through a lot of steps to just keep, make sure your dick doesn't fucking... Fall apart on you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah,
2: you know, like um, I, I generally won't work more than four days in a row for that specific reason. I'm like, you know, the skin's is like getting affected. Yeah, like and, an hour,
0: fucking, like that's got to be pretty intense, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And you lose sensitivity. Like I need, I need days off to let it heal. Yeah, let it heal and just like let let you know, let it the sensitivity build back up. So I'm not. Not like rubbing it raw or anything like yeah. that, and and then plus, it just makes work easier. If you do too many days in a row, it's you know it's diminishing returns. Yeah. yeah. So and also like you know, pop shot. You yeah. got to make sure that that's you're building that's big. That's that's yeah. an important part of the process. Yeah, yeah. So if you're shooting consistently, once again, diminished
0: returns. Is there like a is there like an industry insider like uh, you know like you know. Eat proteiners. Do you guys have like a fucking thing at shit? chip?
2: Um, when I first got in the business uh, I, I read an AMA from Kieran Lee. Okay. You might be familiar with he's another male performer who's a brand okay. You know, and he did an AMA on reddit where he said uh, eat a lot of celery and drink pineapple juice <laughs> you know celery for the volume pineapple juice for the taste mm-hmm. and and my first year in porn, all my friends can attest to this. I was just chomping down celery stalks and chugging <laughs> pineapple juice like, like nobody's business. It was like such a, a, an integral part of my routine every day, every day. But then I, I realized like, no, it doesn't. I mean, the pineapple juice, yeah, eat fruit, have a good diet. right? That's important. You don't need to go above and beyond with a lot of supplements and specific foods to get these things. You just need to be conscious about what you're eating. What you put into your body comes out. You know, so I don't. I don't smoke. Yeah, yeah. Um, I drink socially. You know, my weed has definitely reduced over the years. Um, but you just want a clean diet. You want to eat a lot of fruit, and you want to stay hydrated.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that's like you. the
2: most important thing. And I see so many people who are just not hydrated at all on set. They're like, they're dying. I'm like, oh, when's the last time you had water? And they're like, um, last night. I woke up and I had juice, what and the then a fuck? Gatorade and coffee. It's like no, just
0: be clean, just think about it.
2: Yeah, just yeah. think about it. Have just a, put in a little bit of thought and you'll see a world of difference.
0: Yeah, weird. I had this weird I had this weird vision of like onset panning from like and a scene that's happening to the crew, past the crew, to like you hanging out in the director's chair naked, just chopping up fucking celery sticks. <laughs> <things. laughs> yeah. I know when I read
2: that too, I was like, Kieran Lee, he's the man. Okay, okay, whatever you say, buddy, because he shot one of my first scenes. Oh, cool! And he gave me like a lot of praise, and I was like, coming from him, this is fucking great.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
2: and I was at his, I was at his apartment, and I was like, this is, this is what's possible. I can live here, you know, and and I can be you know, live in the life essentially. Yeah, yeah. So I, I took what he said as bond. I was like, yeah, man, whatever, whatever you say, buddy, I'm, I'm doing
0: it. What kind of advice are you getting? That's fact. Okay. So this is cool because this is, relates to our industry, especially acting in our industry mm-hmm. where like a young actor gets an opportunity to share a scene or be in a scene with an actor that they look up to. And so sort to of someone that maybe you find a mentor, maybe you find someone that gives you advice. Have you had mentors in this business? Eh, and here and there, I, I've had I've had advice
2: given to me, but there's never been like one solid person who who I'd always turn to, you know, mm-hmm. for advice. It would generally be like if I'm on set, and there's so much waiting, hurry up and wait, you know, that's that's the name of the game. Everywhere. So a lot of times, you know, we're just sitting around, just shooting the shit. And some days, I'll be with a guy who I used to watch when I was like 15, and I'm like, damn dude, you were you were like my hero.
3: Oh, shit. oh wow! <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> whose phone is That's that?
1: That's Who your ringtone. Oh man, you know, on, I had it on airplane mode. Whose phone is that? It's because my my computer is on. This is Liam. Liam. Liam's, Hello folks. Yeah, Liam's yeah. phone. What an intern move! <laughs> Fucking
0: super professional. I would would fire you. I would fire you for that. That's my brother, and he's going to fucking
1: lose it when he realizes when he called me. (laughs) He
0: just ruined your entire internship.
2: Thanks, Seamus. So, damn, I don't even, what were we talking about? You just
0: fucking, I don't don't even know where we
1: were. You were talking about uh, the fact,
2: because
0: I was taking notes. Uh huh.
1: You were talking about the fact that you were working with um, uh, some people that you were looking up to,
2: and you were like, This is the uh, dream that I could, you know, oh, I yeah, can one day yeah, yeah. be um, No, we were past that. Yeah, I, was, right. I was talking about <laughs> being on set with, like, guys who, who I'd, like, watched as a kid, and now yeah. I'm like, Damn, bro, here you are right in front of me. What wisdom can you impart? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I had experiences like that where, uh, for example,. One of my earlier scenes, I met James Dean. Okay, oh, cool. He's a bit problematic these days. But back then, <laughs> he was like the dude. Yeah. And he was the one guy who I who I looked up as like, okay, that's the, the exact career I want. Because on the surface, we were very similar. We're like the same height, same build. Mm-hmm. You know, he got in when he was really young, etc. I was like, this is this is it. This is the, the trajectory I want to follow. Yep. And he gave me advice on opening up for the camera. So I, I said to him, I was like, bro, how do you do it? Yeah. how do you do it man and he's like he's like very simple I'll show you and there was a female performer and he had her just like get into these different positions and he's like here's a trick you know usually when you stand your your legs are both shoulder width apart you know and they're on the same plane take your front foot and bring it back as far as you can and that will open up the penetration for the camera right there oh, wow. always always try to be on an angle Yeah, yeah. you know so it's things like that he, he would I mean one day he, he showed me and I was like okay all right, man, okay, I got that, I got that, all right, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, one guy I met, and this advice I never took, cause I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but <laughs> before my first scene, my, my first agent, um, he was like, okay, so, uh, you know, something that might happen during the scene is, um, you know, you might want to come early. You might want to, you know, your body might get ahead of you, and okay. it, it might want to come. Here's a trick I've learned. <laughs> I put a thumbtack in my shoe. And if I feel like I'm going to come, I step on it. I was like, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'm but definitely going to do that. And he's like, he's like the pain will, will eliminate the feeling. I was like, yeah, but I'm stepping on a thumbtack? Also, what asshole. What
0: hell? I'm having sex. I'm, I'm not wearing shoes.
2: Yeah, I don't know what he was, what was going on about, but I never, I've never forgotten that. That was like the first bit of advice I ever got. I was like, what the fuck? Was he ever
0: in porn? Did he ever, was, or was he just uh, an agent?
2: I think he performed every so often, but honestly, I did one scene with, with that agency, and then they went belly up. Yeah. Never heard from him since. Yeah. So
0: It just seems like a lot of that... It was, it was some dumb advice. It, it seems like a lot of that agent kind of advice, where it's just like, this is what I think you do. And when you're young, you're like, yeah, 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 you've been in the business for a while. And then afterwards, you're like, no, you have no effect. Yeah, exactly. You're the agent. You know how to get me in a room. Do you know how to introduce me to people. Uh-huh. I know how to make the fucking movie. Yeah,
2: yeah. You're not doing the job hmm all you want is money from me i, I get it I is get it, it the
0: same shit in your world as it is in ours what do they take like five percent uh 10. ten. so it's ten that's right it's ten mm-hmm. ten ten and five so management's ten ten for agent and then lawyers five right mm-hmm. and then publicist oh and then publicist right mm-hmm.
2: but you know i i've been with the same agency since 2013 mm-hmm. but nowadays like we i was on contract with them for one year then that was up, and now we're on just a verbal agreement, and we've been that way since 2014. So if if they bring the work to me, they get commission. But if I book the work myself, like all they do is field a phone call yeah. or an email and forward it to me, like that's it. Right, because you're, you're
0: now in a position where you're you're actually your reputation's bringing the work in for you. Yeah,
2: like I, I know everyone. Yeah, you know up. I hope everyone at least is vaguely familiar with me. You know I would hope so at this the point. The fucking
0: numbers show that they are.
2: Yeah, well, fucking Pornhub numbers, it was shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like, exactly. If 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 I if I do the lead work, they're not getting a cut. Yeah, you know, pay small enough as it is. I'm not, I'm not giving you ten percent of that for doing nothing. Yeah,
0: and that's tough too. <coughs> because do you guys ever get royalties? You never get royalties. At
2: this no, time. no. I mean, you you can if you have a toy. Uh, you know, right? And, the toy game, and you'll get. I I don't know maybe like to three to five percent maybe even less.
0: Have you ever done that where they cast your penis and they make a fucking? Dildo? I want to,
2: I want to. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be totally down for that, Doc Johnson. You know, <laughs> <laughs> hit me up. I would definitely be into that. But um, I I I don't know. I don't I don't think I'm at that level yet. You know, and because I, I I've kept myself at like a a moderately anonymous. Yeah. Like. My Which social is- media, like I don't really like interact that much. I don't use it that often. I see people who are promoting day in and day out, and I'm kind of more passive with it. Mm. And with the work I've done, like like I said, I haven't done another gangbang since that one. Mm-hmm. I had plenty of opportunities to, and you know what? Maybe I would have been able to do it well and and open up that avenue as like, oh, that's just part of my ref- my repertoire. Sure, sure. But I I've kept myself kind of like. In a, in a niche area
0: which seems to be a really popular fucking niche at this point
2: yeah i mean it works like i'm i'm yeah. working i'm busy i'm always busy so i can't complain
0: how often do you work in a month mm.
2: In a month you know like maybe 12 to 15 gigs that's great for for a porn guy that's you know it's kind of like the best you could hope for that's fucking great yeah
0: and making a decent day right all the, the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the like I'm
2: saying, the money in the interim is is good. It's better than I would make anywhere else. It's just like the long term. Like how what, am I
0: stacking this and what am I doing with it?
2: Exactly. And if I don't if I don't show up to the office, I don't get paid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, at least it when I'm relying on third party producers. You right. know, I also have my own subscription services and I have uh, profiles on on clip sites and tube sites. So I get income from there in the book sales and everything. But when it comes to being just a gun for hire, yeah. if you don't put in the time, you don't get the money.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So you have to physically be there.
0: Fascinating. <coughs> Fascinating. Um, so how are the crews? What are the crews like on these shoots? Are they, uh, do they cross, are they crews that cross Borders? Do they cross from porn into the standard film stuff, or are they generally just porn crews?
2: It fluctuates. Yeah, I've met a lot of uh, DPs who who are, you know, they're they're in porn with with a a stage name, and they don't <laughs> want to be in any photos or anything. And mm-hmm. then I follow them elsewhere, like on other social medias, and they're doing commercials and short films and, and documentaries and stuff. So they're they're working elsewhere, but in porn. It's a quick paycheck.
3: Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, because if they're not making a lot of money from the other ventures, they can come here and shoot a movie and, I don't know, make a couple grand and then yeah, go fine. on to do something else. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, like
0: doing a corporate job at that point. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and it's, it's low key. You show up on set and it's, it's, it's not like someone's breathing down your neck. Like, we don't have ADs or anything. And mm-hmm. it's not, they're, they're small crews. It's tight knit.
0: So what is it, like five people, 10 people?
2: 10 at most. Yeah. At most. Because then
0: you have, like, what, makeup artists? Like, one makeup artist, two makeup artists, depending on how many people.
2: Yeah, depending on the people, yeah. I've, I've been on sets where, um, like, back in the day, when Glamcore first became a huge thing, uh-huh. which was like, let's throw a lot of money at this and make it make it just beautiful. And, and they're films, you know? It's not porn, it's film. Fucking stupid. Because, <laughs> like, they didn't make any money from that. It just yeah. went belly up real fast, but you know i even had my own makeup artist i had uh, i had i was getting manicures on set like mandatory <laughs> manicures and it was it was a lot of people right you know we were using like no one in porn uses jibs we had jibs and we had probably like 15 crew members and most of the sets i i do now and most of the sets that are are, are common in mainstream porn will be three or four people you know makeup artist, director, photographer, PA. Right. That's it. Sometimes the brass will come down to like overlook everything, mm-hmm. but no, most of the time it's just it's just those those same guys. And you see a lot of the same crew members, you know, every cameraman is a gun for hire as well. Yep. So you just see a lot of familiar faces.
0: Right, right. And then you must become buddies with a lot of those guys, man. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're friendly and familiar. I, I'll say I don't really hang out with many people in porn, other than my girlfriend, okay. you know. And I've met some, some good guys who uh, I've spent some quality time with. Like, we did a lot of traveling, mm-hmm. and we were shooting a lot of porn overseas. <laughs> so we have, like, this bond. But uh, I, I don't hang out with as many per, or, uh, industry people as I probably should. I probably should. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like one of those guys who will show up, I do my work, I get my check, I go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then and then I kind of like turn it off.
0: And what's your what's what's your what's your hobby life like? What's your home life like? Is it just?
2: Oh man, I'm I'm always watching movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your, always what's going your, to the
0: movies. Who's your favorite director? That's
2: a tough one. Um, I'm really into Alex Garland. I like him a lot. Sean Baker, mm-hmm. huge fan of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, if there's they're, they're a body if, of work. No, Noah Hawley. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: if there's yeah. a movie that you uh, that you couldn't live without, what would the movie be?
2: God, the one I rewatched the most. <laughs> Believe it or not, I rewatched The Crow oh. all the time.
0: Dude, this is so wild that you bring this up because last night we were out drinking and. Uh... We were in a bar, and they started to play the Cure song from The Crow. No shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, Every Night I Burn. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I love that song. And we heard it twice last night, which was really fucking wild that I'm sitting there getting transported because the soundtrack was fucking amazing yeah. For that, yeah. For that movie.
2: Everything about that Like, I saw the movie when I was a kid, and it just stuck with me.
0: Oh, and man. That movie's fucking I have to watch it again. Yeah, This is a sign. The fact that you fucking brought it up. Yeah, and you heard it. And I heard that shit last night. I think it's time to watch The Crow. Uh-huh. The yeah, cr-
2: I love it. And Booty Nights I watch a lot. It's kind of like one, <laughs> once a year, I, I got to sit down and watch Booty Nights. And you know, I was able to... Um, Do you think he got it right? Do you think uh, Paul
0: Tomazana eh, got it right?
2: I mean, it's a different world. I mean, it's a different world entirely. N- uh, short answer, no. Yeah, okay. You no. Know, I'm, I'm, he got a lot of small details right, but like the rise to fame... Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, as a, as a, no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't see that happening that as a, quickly. As
0: a, yeah, as a dude too, do you think?
2: Yeah, like, I mean, of course it's a parallel to John Holmes and John Holmes was a big star, but he was not living lavishly like that. Yeah, okay. Or, 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 um, you know, became prolific that quickly. It takes time. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. But otherwise, I love the movie. I mean, dude, authentic, authentic or not, it's a great fucking movie. That fucking scene with the it.
0: fucking fireworks?
2: No, every, everything oh, about the movie. And so great. what I love about living in L.A. is I was able to see both those movies on the big screen recently. Mm. You know, they, they always do uh, screenings of, of these wonderful movies that you can't see anywhere else. They'll, they'll have them, like, I saw that at the Ace Hotel.
3: Oh, right. I rad, was like, fuck rad, yeah. Rad. And they did a
2: Q and a It was awesome. Rad.
0: I, dude, because I'm, I'm new out here, so I'm just learning that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like... Oh, dude, yeah. There's you'll have so many opportunities to see, to see great movies on, yeah. on the big screen still.
0: I'm fucking pumped. Mm-hmm. I didn't make it to it, but there was a screening going around during Christmas where they were doing Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. <laughs> with him there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, I would like to see that on the big screen. Yeah. I love that movie. And to see him
0: there with it, that would have been weird. That'd yeah, because cool fucking... he didn't like it.
2: No. I, I read a lot of shit that he had like an awful experience on it.
0: Well, he, he is... And he's just it, a dick. Yeah, yeah, in himself, he is an awful experience.
2: Right. So. Yeah, I guess it's the... You know, the the flip—it's not that he had an awful experience. Everyone else had an awful experience working with him. Yeah. Which
0: would be a fun thing to actually sit and watch it, watch the movie with him. It could be incredibly awkward, and that'd be
2: really cool. Yeah, yeah. but like small opportunities <laughs> like that are everywhere. Yeah, it's you know. Cool. So you just gotta be quick on the draw to get those tickets, and bam, yeah. And you get to have this brand new experience with something that you you loved as a kid, and you're like, oh, it's just that movie I watch once a year, but now you can. See it on the big screen with the star.
0: Yeah, it's fucking crazy, man. It's yeah. really cool. Um, so how, so what's the future? In your mind, how long are you going to be doing porn for? How long are you going to be in it for? <sighs> I know it's a hard question.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, what I would like to do, logically, I would like to remain in porn but progress to more behind the scenes. You know, I would, I would like to be a director. Okay. I would like to be a producer. I, I started selling scripts. Um, uh, last year, I sold a few scripts and I was like, "Wow, well that's pretty easy." Mm-hmm. You know, there's not really, it's not a high bar for porn scripts. So, <laughs> well, so what's a, what's, with 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 just like once again, a little bit of thought and care, you can come up with something that that works perfectly fine, and in fact, is 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 superior content than what we're used to. Sure. So, I would like to do more of that. But performing, man, when I first got in, I was like, "I'll do it for a year." <laughs> you know, I didn't know I was going to be any good at it, so I thought, let me just give it a year and see what happens. And then a year turned to two, mm-hmm. you know, turned to four. Now I'm I'm over eight years in. With the ten year on the horizon, I don't know. I feel like if I'm not fully committed to something else by the ten year mark, yeah. Then I'm, I'm, I don't know, not that I'm in danger or anything, but I feel like that's, that's a moment where if you're performing for 10 years and you're not a director or you're not producing, you're hitting, you got, a, you you're a, hitting a ceiling. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The glass ceiling is, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, is, uh, I guess pretty low, but you know, it's all relative, but yeah, I would just like to transition to something else. Mm-hmm. Still perform, but not, not rely on that as, as my mainstay. Mm-hmm. Cause like, like we said earlier, it's volatile. You know, one minute you, you have so much money lined up and the next minute everything's canceled. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you gotta be ready to, to roll with the punches and <laughs> you gotta prepare for a catastrophe.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. And dude, it's both industries, man. Our industry too, it's the same fucking thing where you're just like, <clears throat> am I just a gun for hire? Am I Like being a cameraman, because I started as a camera guy. I started mm-hmm. as a, you know, and doing handheld camera work beats the fuck out of you oh sure yeah your back's probably killing you it did it like there hit a point where my back got so because i didn't take care of myself you know so i was never that guy that was stretching i never fucking worked it was a skinny kid with a high metabolism so i didn't have to do any of that Uh shit and so i I remember the first the first day it happened i woke up and my entire back was in knots and i couldn't move and it hurt fucking it was brutalizing it hurt really bad And I was that way for days. And a friend of mine was like, "You have to go see uh, a massage therapist. You have to go see somebody." Yeah. So I went and I talked to this guy, and he's like, uh, "Walk down this hallway." So he had me walk down the hall. So I walked straight, and I came back, and he's like, "If I put my hand on the shoulder and push your shoulder, what does this feel like?" And I just like started crying. I was just like, "You're killing me!" Right? And he goes, "Okay, so then how about this?" And he grabs a shingle. And sticks a shingle. I think it was under my right foot. Like a roof shingle? Yeah, like just okay. like, a, like a little shiv. Sticks it on there and he pushes on my shoulder again. And he goes, "This this hurt? I go, no, it doesn't hurt. And he's like, what you've done, because you're doing a lot of like cradle shots, you put a lot of weight in your hips. And so you've impacted one of your legs up in your hips because you've been doing all this camera work. Oh, damn. And he's like, you got to go through this process of stretches. You got to go through all this process to try to get that that out. And so that was me being young, you know, like you grab the camera, you'd run, you get these really great angles, you start to do all that stuff. And then I hit that point then where I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like, I can't rely on this as my career. I can't be that handheld camera guy.
2: Yeah, no, you bring up a really good point. I mean, yeah. Same thing in porn, like our, our positioning is always...
0: For fuck's sake, doing the foot behind always, and shit. always
2: rough, yeah, and... I mean, it's more more rough on the on the girls because it's always like, okay, arch the back, let's see the ass, the tits, and the face. No matter what you're doing, everything has to be twisted out. But for us guys, we're always hunched over, or or you know, bent back to yeah. get our face out of the camera and stuff. So yeah, you're in a lot of positions that are that are uh, compromising.
0: Yeah, and it's smart that you get to that. You have to get to that point and understand that. Your body is eventually going to become a thing, especially when you're doing physical shit. Yeah, yeah. that's dude. That's can't why you can't rely on it. That's why you should be getting fucking royalties. And it, it, the the businesses are so fucking shady and fucking slimy.
2: Yeah, and like I would say that. So the directors and producers I work with are also in in the shit too. Sure, because you know what I mean. They don't own the company. Yeah, they it's doing it. it's people overseas and and. and a lot, a lot of um, parent companies are in Canada, too. So it's like the parent companies who are making all the money mm-hmm. and, and all, of our, all of us workhorses, you know, we're killing ourselves for, for that buyout fee, for that paycheck. But that, that's all you get. Yeah. That's all you get. And you got to just do the same thing for the next one and the next one. And then eventually, yeah, you burn out. Yeah. yeah. you got to find something else to do.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's a crazy thing.
2: But the hope is that you prepare. That you have something, so when when that day eventually comes, you know you're ready. Yeah, and I just want to be ready for it. Smart
0: man. Mm-hmm. You were talking about writing scripts for um for for porn films. What's that like? like are you just writing like a like a like an intro? Is it like
2: uh... yeah, more or less, more or less. Um, they, they were scripts for um, vignettes, mm-hmm. and um, basically, it's anywhere between like two and six pages of of storyline that lead into sex and then the sex is about 30 minutes
0: are you writing dialogue and that kind of stuff exactly
2: yeah exactly yeah. that's that's always my favorite thing mm. you know as as a kid and and even even with the book i sometimes like get carried away with the book and do dialogue and i'm like wait it's not a script it's not a script like <laughs> let's go let's go back and 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 you know let's make it beefy but i don't know why i've always just had a kick of just Writing about people just talking to each other, it's pretty and awesome. especially in porn parameters, it's like I know all that locations we're using. I know all the all the performers. I know like what's possible, what's not possible. So it just came natural.
0: Have you? Did you get to see your stuff actually made and produced?
2: I, I don't think they're in production yet. Okay. Um, and probably when they are released, I won't even recognize them. <laughs> you because know? I, I get scripts all the time where I'm like, all right, I don't want to say it like this. Let me let me ad lib a problem, little bit man. and and you know say it my way. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. You know, I. I mean, then again, maybe I will recognize it. Maybe I will actually see. You know, written by Logan Pierce, and I'm like, oh damn, I remember that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. once again, it was a buyout fee. Mm-hmm. It's like X amount of dollars for X amount of pages. Got it. And then
0: on to the next one. Got, Got it. it. So then, um, <clears throat> yeah, because I saw you performing. So. Um, what do you what do you prefer? Is it, are you more comfortable doing the sex stuff? Or are you more comfortable doing the acting? Do you like to do the acting, or is the acting kind of like a like a necessary evil for you? Like what do you, what do you oh, feel?
2: Um, I I don't consider myself an actor because I think it's like pompous because mm-hmm. um, I am a performer. That's what I am paid for. But I definitely excel more at the acting. Okay, you know, and because that's that's along with screenwriting and filmmaking, that was like my first love. You know, I did theater growing up all the time. I was always the actor in in the short films we would make. Mm -hmm. So that's always what I loved doing. When it comes to the the marrying of the two, that's where it gets a little dicey for me because if if the the context of the story is a little, I don't know, a little creepy, Mm -hmm. you know, or or if it just requires me to... Better example. When I have to do scenes where it's dramatic... Uh And then it leads to sex. I'm like, I'm like, hold on, guys, let's let's take a break and like get the get the the mood up a little bit because I don't I don't want to have sex while I'm sad. Yeah, you know. I did a scene once, and I I always felt this scene was so weird. Um, I'm consoling my sister in law, who just buried her husband, my brother, and and she says to me, she's like, I married the wrong brother. It should have been you. And then we have sex, and I was just thinking like, this isn't sexy to me. This is like. I don't think we should be doing this. Yeah. I mean, like, like, the scene, whatever, but, like, as, like, the, the characters, I'm like, why would these, she does. this is, like, the funeral day We're in all black, she's crying, and then we suddenly somehow lead to sex? Yeah. Like, it's just weird. So, like, in that moment, it's like, okay, let's do all the dialogue, take a break, yeah, you yeah. know, get, get the morale up a little bit and yeah. joke around, and then let's get back into the sex because I, I don't want to have sex, like, Sad. That's just weird.
0: And it's also an interesting thing because you know, there hits a point, especially with the content that you're doing, which is like my sleeping with my stepsister or mm-hmm. my stepmom or you know, any of that kind of stuff. If you're too good at it, like if you're too good at being a creep on screen, <laughs>
2: yeah. Now sometimes I'm I'm too good at it. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Where it's like, like, oh, he's great. He's so creepy. You'll love it. And I'm like, well, guys, I'm just acting. You know, not really that way.
0: Yeah, you don't want that brand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Brand.
2: But, you know, if if the scene goes well, it gets me paid, so mm-hmm. you kind of just the industry dictates where you go. Okay. You know, like mm-hmm. the industry says, "We have a job for you. Would you like it?" Yeah, and I yeah. say, "Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to do that job to the best of my ability as a gun for hire. That's that's I have agency over, you know, what I do and who I do it with, but when the job is offered, it's either take it or leave it. Yeah, you know, and and if it's not if it's not me, it's someone else. And if it's someone else, maybe they'll forget about me. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. you have to you have to stay busy to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Remind people why they hired you in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, what do you think the future of porn's going to be? Do you have any idea? Do you see anything on the horizon? Is it going to be? Because do- I mean, they probably never predicted that it would be fucking Pornhub time. Yeah.
2: Well. um... I, I think the future is Pornhub. You know, it's it's kind of sad to say, but now with the Pornhub Awards especially, mm. uh, this last AVN, major, big companies who, who were, for a time, the face of the industry are no longer participating because they've moved to greener pastures. Pornhub is now their home. Mm. You know, so... I don't really know what, what the future holds. All I know is that the the old model of porn is dying, hmm. dying fast. You know, like you said earlier, Pornhub came and swallowed up all these smaller companies and became a conglomerate. So now, you know, the independent producer is, <laughs> they're not making any money. Yeah. And if you're not making any money, you can't produce and yeah. you're out of a job. Yeah.
0: That's kind of crazy, man. I mean, we're seeing that shift with everything, right? With the Netflix and all these streaming oh, yeah, services,
2: Disney owning, <laughs> owning elf. the whole industry. Yeah, it's the, it's the okay. So Pornhub is like the Disney of porn. You know, <laughs> like they own everything. Yeah, yeah even yeah. if you think that they're they don't own it, chances are they do. They do. It's just under a different banner. Weird. Um,
0: and, and it's like. I don't know if that's slimy or not. It's just like that whole. I guess that's capitalism. It's right? capitalism, exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: No one's telling them they can't do it. Yeah. And if they're offering people a certain amount of money, that person or that 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 company might see that as like, well, here's our opportunity. Yeah, let's let's sell out.
0: Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. Make that cash quick.
2: Yeah, yeah. Either we compete
0: with them or we join them. And yeah. if we compete against them,
2: we're gonna lose. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. lose big time.
0: Yeah. That's crazy stuff, man. How are we doing on time?
1: Doing, yeah, we're doing well. I mean, what are we you at? at? You asking? Uh, one hour fifty-eight
0: minutes. Okay, so we're getting to the end here. Damn. Uh, what do you have? Do you have any questions specifically? Because uh, anything that you want to know.
1: I mean, you guys touched on a lot of stuff.
2: you yeah.
0: nothing. Um, not of anything. You're what talking you, what so you, much you, in the yeah, break. Come, come on. What are, you, you, what what are you here for? Just to have your fucking phone ring in the middle of shit? <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: I'm just,
1: I'm just here to ruin the fucking episode. Um, No, I mean, a lot of my questions you guys hit. So I was, I was curious, you know, like what it, what it was like to be there in the beginning. And then you guys touched on that. And then I was interested in like what, honestly, I'm interested in what the relationship is like outside of this. Like, how does that, you you mentioned that you're in a relationship, but Mm -hmm. like what's your relationship like with your friends and other people? Like, how did that change?
2: Oh, hasn't really changed much at all. You know, I mean, I, I've had honestly the same friends I've had since high school and college. So
0: uh you're better than I am. <laughs> I mean, my, my circle
2: has grown, but I've maintained the same people, same people. Um, so they're constants. You know, I mean, everyone jokes about porn a lot. And, and often, I guess my job is like seen as a joke sometimes you know if i are at a party or something it's like oh 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 he's the porn star yeah yeah yeah. let's let's talk to him let's ask him some questions you know like what's the grossest thing you've ever done and i'm like all right now i'm sort of like this circus performer yeah sure but no none of my honestly none of my friends are are none of my close friends are in porn at all or even like porn adjacent so we don't really doesn't really affect our friendship at all it's fa-
0: it's fascinating because I wonder. Do you think it's the same way for the women that are important? Because you you kind of hide, right? Because you don't get. How often do you get recognized in public for being important?
2: Eh, not much. Yeah. It's much. Usually, I'll be at a bar and or Uber drivers. Uber drivers recognize me, <laughs> and they always play the same stupid game. They're like, uh, "Hey man, what do you do for a living?" I'm like, uh, actor. And they're like, "Oh, I thought so. I I've seen you before. What shows are you on?" I'm like, "Well." More on the internet, you know, and they're like, "Oh, okay, okay." So, like, uh, what sites? And then it's like, "Okay, just say it, yeah, just say it." And yeah, they're like, yeah. "I know you, I know you," but it's like that's always a game.
0: It's like, "Yeah, you know? asshole, I know." While you're waiting for this next fucking lift ride, you're probably watching my videos.
2: In the yeah, car. and and once again, like, it's part flattering, but also like,
0: yeah, it's annoying.
2: You know, I I don't owe you anything. They they always feel like if someone runs into me and they do happen to recognize me, they always feel like they can interview me. Yeah, you know, or like. Just just ask, how do I get in, dude? Dude, I'll do anything. Tell me, what can I do? I'm like, first of all, you can leave me alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can shut the fuck up. But, ah, I don't know. I don't get recognized often.
0: It's got to be a different scenario, right? Because a lot of... With women, it's very superficial. Like it's about how you look, what your body looks like. They're usually manipulating their bodies. They're usually like maybe getting breast implants or not getting breast implants, Mm -hmm. and then you're worried about like your figure and all that kind of stuff. And I know you are to a certain extent, but then you become the face of this monster at this point. You become the face of your brand and your industry. And I do you think it just seems being the guy that doesn't know fucking shit about it. It just seems like from the outside they probably have it a lot tougher as far as their personal lives are concerned.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, they fear for their safety all the time. Yeah, it's 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 a real thing, you know, because if I get recognized, some guy's like, "Cool dude, that's awesome, man. More power to you." But if a girl gets recognized, especially if it's like an Uber or something, they have their real name and they may have just picked them up or dropped them off at their house.
0: Yeah, that's a fucking thing. And
2: I've I've heard so many horror stories of of you know, of um Fans just being overly aggressive and and Uber drivers asking way too many details and locking the doors and, you know, just being absolute dirtbags. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, the girls have it a thousand times worse than than we do as guys. We, we, We see a fraction of that. Yeah. If that. If that. But, you know, and then as far as stigma goes, people see... A guy in porn and they go, yeah, bro, that's awesome. But they see a girl in porn and they go, oh, she's a slut.
0: Yeah, slut-shaming, yeah. Yeah,
2: oh, no, she uh, don't bring her around the family. And it's like, well, what's the difference? We're doing the same job, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What's the difference? That's crazy how that that stereotype or that thing still really exists.
2: Yeah, oh, in a big way. And I don't know, I guess a lot of it might be intimidation, Mm -hmm. you know, fear. But once you talk to someone in the business and you, you treat them as a person and not as someone who's beneath you or a sex worker. Like like I, I I call myself a sex worker a lot, but there is this idea of a sex workers being, um, slaves, you know, or taken advantage of, or just, they're not in control of their career. But once you see them on a personal level, you see, they're just like everybody else. You know, it's just a job. It's just a job.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's cool. Um, What was it like for you, Liam, as far as, uh, like, was your first experience, I don't know if I'm outing you. (laughs) that <laughs> was your first experience oh no
1: i'm excited about this question okay Go on. so <laughs> was your
0: first experience with porn porn hub stuff or like what what was your first
1: experience because like? he called me i'm gonna fucking out my brother too <laughs> so one day my brother and i were just kind of sitting at home because we both decided to skip school yeah. uh and we acted like we were sick or whatever and we're two like you know young guys with computers alone at home so we did the same thing we started googling like. Women with breasts, women with boobs and stuff like that. And then we were like, oh, we saw this video and we started passing it around. So it's like, that's how porn started in my life. How old were you at this point? Yeah, I I was like... Well, I actually, I actually started watching porn later than everyone else um, that I knew. I think I was like 13 when I started watching porn.
0: Because I'm fucking fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by it because my first exposure to any of that stuff was... I found my dad had in our attic, he had a bunch of old Playboy magazines from the 70s, and they're awesome. Oh, yeah, I bet. They're awesome. Yeah, a People, far cry from what they are today. Dude, they were fucking. I, I still, like, I, I downloaded a bunch of the covers because the photography and everything is fucking gorgeous and the stuff they did then. But I found these things, and I didn't know what they were. And then I had a friend of mine who had a stack of dirty mags, and this was until I was like 17, 18. So that exposure is happening so much younger and younger now. Like, do you have? Well, I was on, I, I
1: started, I played one year of football in my entire life. Okay. And I got on there and it was like 12 practices in and we're standing in line uh, doing the drills and everyone's talking about jerking off.
0: And how how old how I was, was I it? was
1: thirteen, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. And everybody's like, "You've jerked off, right?" I was like, uh, "Yeah, man, yeah, totally." And I was <laughs> like, like, "I, I don't tough. know what the fuck that is." <laughs> and 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 then uh, and then like I was talking to my brother about it, and then we were like, "I don't know, let's Google this shit." And that's and that's basically how it happened. I just I felt like I was out of the loop, and everybody else was on the same thing. But I was raised by a single mom Got who it. was very religious, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know anything like that. We, she handed me a book when I was like seven Mm -hmm. about sex and like reproduction. So I understood what sex was, but I didn't understand what jerking off was or what porn was or any of that stuff until I was 13. And you're right. Like 13 is like, okay, that's a relatively young age, I guess, to start doing that stuff. But I felt like I was so far behind because the first time I started playing football, everyone on the team knew what it was. They were doing it. They were like they were talking about it candidly.
0: It's got to be crazy now, yeah. dude, cuz mm-hmm. you're seeing it when you're it, like parents are literally handing their kids iPads as babysitters. So it's it's yeah. nuts, man. And they like, just
2: accidentally find it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because there's no there's no there's no walls up anymore. So like just just porn ads, just fucking like gifs and banners with like Gifts, not GIF. Yeah, I, a, I like gifts too. It's a fucking GIF. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> gift that I'm giving
3: you. Yeah. It's a gift.
0: But these these are just so widely accessible at this point that that you're hitting it at a, at a super young age, and then you're getting introduced to this stuff at a super young age, and then you're starting to get introduced to the, the the kind of stuff that you're in, which is like the sleeping with my stepsister and that kind of thing. So it's a it's a weird fucking dynamic. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just curious as to... I can't fucking imagine. I can't imagine... I remember how pumped I was for Lethal Weapon 2 because yeah. of the fucking... Uh, the sex scene that Mel Gibson had in his trailer before the helicopter showed oh, up yeah, shot Shut yeah, all yeah. out. And shot it all up. Huh? Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> What's-Her-Name? She was so so gorgeous. And uh, she had what I like to call 90s boobs. Like the perfect like 90s lady. And as a guy without the access to that shit. That was my, our thing. Like I, I don't know how many times I fucking watched that scene with like, yeah. The Weapon yeah. over and over again. Species was that way for me. Oh, N- Natasha, Hench- Natasha Henstridge was in that, right? Wasn't there her name? I don't
2: know her name. Her name was still in the movie. I know yeah. that. But, like I used to watch that movie all the time because it turned me on and scared the shit out of me.
0: Dude, you know? and then porn really knocked out of our industry, knocked out a huge draw for movies. There was a point where it was like, Go see this movie because there's a hot there's a hot actress in it and yeah. you know she's probably going to be topless and that's that's a bit that was a huge draw, the fucking eighties, eighties and nineties big fucking draw for that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And then maybe you were lucky and you got like the Playboy Channel or you had like uh what was that Some scrambled channel? That Dude, I don't know. How, <laughs> I used to have that fucking cable box where it had like the A B select kind of thing where uh-huh. you could swap between them. I don't know how long in my childhood where I saw, like, because the colors would shift while you were doing it, so, like, purple oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. purple tits would turn me on
2: all the time. Big time. Yeah, Big yeah. time. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I yeah. try to watch that all the time.
0: Yeah, constantly, like, hunting for it. But it was like this, I don't know, I don't know if, if it was better or worse. I don't know if it, the fact that I didn't have access to it, and I didn't, I like. I don't know if yeah. it. I don't know if it became sort of a tab, more of a taboo subject that you weren't allowed to talk about. More of like this crazy, unattainable treasure that you were hunting for. Well, now
2: that it's it's so easy to access, I feel like it's forcing those conversations to happen. You know, back then you could operate under the delusion that oh, it's not happening. Yeah, they, right. they no 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 they, they don't have access to it. But now because it's at your fingertips at such such a young age, I think it. Uh, you know, hopefully, parents will take more of an effort to talk to their kids about it because you can't, you you can't, can't hide, hide it, from it. Yeah, it's there, it. and you can't pretend like it doesn't exist and that they're not watching it.
0: And as we get to this point in time where we're where we're making sure that everybody's treated as an equal, we're trying to get to that point where. A porn star, like a woman porn star, shouldn't be fucking sex-shamed for doing the same fucking job that you do. Yeah, Why are we still allowing that sex-shaming to happen? Because the education isn't happening at, at a level where it's like, this is actually a job. This is what they're fucking doing. This yeah. isn't fucking real. And then what? They're, that comes back to the chicken-and-egg fucking game, where it's like the people producing these or writing these scripts are writing what we want, which is like, remember like fucking Max Hardcore?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's still around. Is he still fucking around? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if he's still shooting. I thought he went to jail. Didn't he get fucking... He, he did go to jail, I think, yeah, for obscenity. Yeah. Um, two quick things. One, he's always at the award shows, <laughs> and he's always parading around some super, like, scarily young girl. Who, who just got into the business, and, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really know what his deal is. I've never talked to him, but I did notice in... I don't know how recent they are, but like his newer scenes, he has a fake cock. What? It's like a, it's like a dildo that he hides in his jeans. Really?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it because it needs to become a fucking monster device at this point? It's probably just because he's so old and he, he can't get it up. Fucking. World. You know? Do you, do you know who we're talking about, Max Hardcore? Might no. be a little bit earlier. I I'm not going to go well, too deep into the descriptions of this character because it's pretty, it's yeah, pretty intense. But he was known for like really objectifying women to the point where like you spit on their face, you hit them, you're choking them to death. It's like that kind of fucking thing. And and I remember when that. I feel like that was like early 2000s, kind of. It was when he was sort of hit his peak. Yeah, probably. You know, and I remember when like a. a like you're hanging out with your buddies and like have you seen this fucking thing and you're watching this crazy bullshit and it's like there's nothing sexy about it from my perspective because it's that whole taking advantage of in a terrible kind of way kind of thing. But that shit exists. That yeah. shit exists out there.
2: And I'm pretty sure it's sold incredibly well. Fuck yeah. You know? Fuck yeah. Often those, those things sell the best because they're catering to such a specific group of people. You know, the broad... The broad porn, you know, it doesn't really go anywhere. But if you, if you have a niche market, that's where people really spend the money.
0: Mm, it's crazy. I don't know what my point of bringing that stuff up was. It's just a stream of consciousness. But, you know, that's what I do on this fucking show. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It makes me a terrible host. But yeah. <laughs> um, well, this has been good, man. I think uh, I don't want this thing to do off. I think we've talked about a bunch of really great stuff. Um, where can people get your book? Uh, they can
2: find it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. Uh, you can get signed copies at com. Nice, nice. That's also where uh, I maintain a blog and you know I post uh, short stories and poetry and other shit like that.
0: Nice. Are you working on anything else? Are you writing another book? Are you getting into Yeah, something? yeah,
2: yeah. Book two is underway. It's a slow process, so I can't say when it's going to be out, but it will be a stark contrast to the first one. The mm-hmm. first one was literally a book of firsts it was you know first time having sex first time finding porn first scene first award show etc first time getting sick first Mm gangbang this one will pick up um a few years later where that fantasy has now become a day job yeah so the sheen has worn off a little bit you know now now what happens when when sex is just your job you know, where it's not a new experience every day. What what about it keeps you there? Mm-hmm. And and how do you how do you find new things to love about it, or or hate? You know, there's going to be a lot a lot of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, how how do you maintain? You know, how do you turn a job into a career?
0: That's why you're on the fucking show, man. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. this fucking show's about. Mm-hmm. And and the parallels between the porn industry and the actual uh, Hollywood film industry are. They're, they're they're identical. Yeah. And I, if anything, I, the porn industry is actually at the forefront of it. The porn industry is the reason why the internet fucking progressed. The porn industry is right. the reason why the fucking DVD market was created. Um, all that stuff. So, there's also a surge for VR as of late. Yeah. Yep, the mm-hmm. VR experience, which makes the most sense. I mean, I have mixed opinions on VR. We've talked about this off-screen. Uh, I have mixed opinions on it where I feel like VR is more of a ride or Roller coaster ride kind of element. Man. Yeah, yeah.
2: I've shot VR scenes and they're fucking terrible. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as a male performer, because um, here's a quick, quick tangent. You, you know, you you don't interact with the woman at all. You don't speak. You don't move. You don't even breathe if you can help it. You are just sort of frozen, stoic, a statue, and and the girl's doing all of the work.
0: What? We- okay. So what are they putting the Essentially, putting the camera where your head level is exactly.
2: Yeah, and most of the time you can't even see her because they'll they'll have the rig. Uh, I guess now they started using a helmet rig, but back when I was doing it, it was just um, uh, a couple cameras in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And that's all you're looking at, you know. And you can like peek over it, but you know you couldn't move. You couldn't say anything. Like if your hands were on a chair, they had to stay there the whole time, and.
0: Right, because that's the vibe. Yeah. It would just be like guy sitting in a room. A couple, couple girls come over to him, and they start mm-hmm. to perform on
2: him. Exactly. So. Yeah. So it was a weird experience. Yeah, it was weird. 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 Like, at that point, yeah, you're you're you are strictly a prop.
0: I feel that way as a director with with VR stuff, and maybe that's just because I'm not up on it yet. But like, I I, I feel like it's taking away that per, it's taking away the the technical. What's the term I'm looking for? No, it's taking away my POV, essentially. It's taking away my storytelling point of view and it's oh, putting it in the hands of the audience. Right,
2: yeah, you know? yeah. And it's like, I've never watched it, and so I wonder if the experience is any better. Probably it isn't. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, I can sit here and watch this, but I'm just, just still. Stilling, I'm just still, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't get to see everything from every angle. I don't really get to... I don't know, but something about what you're saying is like, as a third-person viewer, you kind of get a a better experience than as it's just your POV.
0: Exactly. And from a technical standpoint, it's complicated. So I, I actually fucked around with it for quite some time. And one of the tools that we have, obviously, in our kit when we're storytellers is that we can change lenses. We can actually change perspective. We can go through that process of saying, hey, let's drop everything soft. I want to be here emotionally. I want to be with this person. And you can't do that with VR cameras because they have to be fucking super wide to stitch them together correctly. It's just technically you can't do it. And so that perspective always feels like that GoPro fucking super wide perspective, which yeah. takes me out.
2: Oh, absolutely. Totally. Even though
0: I'm in, takes me out. I think it's cooler if you're completely CGIing everything, because then you don't have to deal with that lens perspective. You can actually start to put in depth of field and focus in that kind of shit and design it. You're not dealing with the optical technicality restriction shit that comes with it. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah. Weird tangent.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, oh, VR. That's, yeah. that's VR for
0: you. Yeah, VR. Mm-hmm. You know, like a year or two years ago, everybody's like, VR is going to change everything. And it's like... They're the saying in porn too. But streaming services have changed everything. That's mm-hmm. the thing that's mm-hmm. changed everything,
2: everything. Oh, yeah. That's a new addition to porn. Now there are porn streaming services. Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, uh, well, Pornhub probably does. Pornhub,
2: right? but yes. But that's like the free tube site. But now there's like a, a subscription service you can get. That will operate like Netflix. Oh wow! Um, and then there's a bunch of different, um, not categories, but like production companies and studios underneath. And then they release all their content on there. So you pay one one subscription fee, and then you can access all these different different that, sites and whatnot. That's pretty cool. I guess it's not that new, but no, no, but because uh, they've done that, parading on- it as something something new like the net, they're calling it like the netflix of porn got so it.
0: but the, because they were doing that on websites anyways you would just go right and you all like
2: affiliate sites and everything yeah yeah, yeah 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 but i guess they're doing it more in a streamlined like you can literally like scroll through on your tv
0: yeah that changed everything like the fact that you don't have to be someone that knows how to use a fucking computer to actually get access to that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. changes everything um so that's super cool man i, I think this is a good spot to uh, to wrap up the show it's been fucking fascinating it's been absolutely fascinating. I'm really happy that uh, you were able to come on the show and talk about this stuff. Um, yeah, I hope you uh, hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. Dude, you know? hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. And, and I think um, this is the part of the show where I usually ask the people to come on uh, to give advice to uh, younger folks that are involved. And it's interesting. I want to make sure I ask you something because there may be a listener or 10 listeners that really want to get into the porn industry. Yeah. Um, but I know a majority of my current listeners... Are people that are just fascinated by by the experience? I would say being, because you came out here and then what did you, did you get an agent first? How did, like, what was your process coming out here again?
2: Well, okay, so I was coming out here as part of an internship and that was my safety net. Oh, well, you know? okay, what's that? Well, because I was still in college and, um, you know, I went to school at Temple and they have a study away program for film majors go to Los Angeles for a semester, intern at a studio and, you know, do a full course load while you're there. I was like, what a fucking great opportunity. Yeah, I want to do
0: that. Sounds familiar by
2: the way. And, and at the same time, this is when, um, people started emailing me back. Like I said earlier, I sent out a lot of emails and photos and one agency said, Oh, we like your look. If you're ever coming to LA, let us know. I was like, well, what do you know? I am coming to LA. <laughs> what can you get for me? Yeah, yeah. So what I immediately did was, um, Go to the agency, meet all them. Um, I don't. I don't think I signed anything. I think I just like shook hands, like a verbal agreement, you know. And they're like, okay, well, we have a gig for you. Um, you know, two days from today, uh, if you want to do it, it's yours. You got to get tested.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, the second thing I did was get tested.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I went to school. Didn't tell anyone. <laughs> then I left really early one day. I don't think classes had actually started yet. We just did, like, orientation. So I left really early one day, did the scene, came back, and I told everyone I got a job at Coffee Bean across town <laughs> so so they wouldn't, like, question why I'm leaving randomly. Um, and that lasted for, like, a week. And yeah. they're, like, they're like, Coffee Bean, huh? Which one? I'm like, ah, you, you wouldn't know it. And, you know, it's somewhere. <laughs> like You know this city. I, I don't even know my way around yet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the ruse didn't last too long.
0: Well... This is interesting because we didn't talk about any of this. Does Your, your family knows about all this stuff, mm-hmm.
2: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they found out uh, the summer after I moved out here. Well, after I came out here for the internship. But I, I came out here like planning to stay. Yeah. So I drove from Philly. My car was loaded with all my shit. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be coming back. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I hoped, I hoped that, that, I, that that porn would pick up. You know, yeah. that I would do the job well and that I would be able to afford to stay. And I did.
0: Were they, now, how did they find out?
2: Yeah, they found out in a pretty shitty way. Because, of course, I was avoiding the conversation because it's just a hard, hard topic to broach. You know, how do, how do you bring this up? But what had happened was, I was also dating someone when I first came out to L.A. We broke up about like two months later. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think someone who i had went to school with told her parents and then her parents told my parents Mm -hmm. so i got a call one day i forget whether i was coming home or going to set probably going home because if i was going to set i probably would have canceled um and my mom is like like what are you doing you know really matter of fact like what are you doing out there sure i was like um what do you mean (laughs) And she's like well you know uh so and so just came over and 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 they they gave us a bunch of photos of you, you know modeling photos. What are you doing and and then I was like, okay, I guess they found out, so I told them everything, and you know they weren't mad, they were probably pretty mad sure, <laughs> but they weren't sure. they weren't like uh they didn't disown me or anything. They're nothing catastrophic like that. It was just like, look we don't understand it okay i don't I don't know why you'd want to do that. You know, the same old spiel of like, well, you're, you're better than this, 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 and that. I'm like, no, guys, I want to do this. I've always wanted to do this. You know, just mm-hmm. trust me. Mm-hmm. Trust mm-hmm. me. I'm, I'm pretty good at the job so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm enjoying myself. The money is pretty good. Just, just let me do it. You know, and they not like they could tell me no. They can't ground me or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So eventually they, they came around to it. And we don't really talk about it too much, but they're well aware. Yeah. well aware. And like even growing up, like my mom has been an HIV specialist my whole life. Oh really. So she would talk to me about sex. She would bring home condoms all the time for me to use. So she was always, you know, I uh, guess not maybe not progressive, but open. Yeah. Open and knew that I was having sex at a young age. And of course, they'd call me like watching porn on the computer all the time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they'd be like, "What? What is all, this, all these websites?" I'm like, "I don't know. I, don't ask me." So like, she was well aware that I was already, already um,
0: curious. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's but that's fascinating. I, I would say they're cool with it. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, the, the, obviously they love you, man. Obviously, yeah. they, they support you and stuff. So that's that's rad. And it, it's probably why you're pretty well adjusted. It's probably yeah. why you. I mean, still have that.
2: Yeah, like you said, they do support me, and and we don't talk about it much. But I took them to AVN my first year. Really? Yeah. Oh, I should have said that first. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I wanted to totally just like break down the barrier and say like I'm doing this. I want you to experience me doing it, and you know, not be afraid of it. And at AVN, they don't show anything hardcore. Sure. You know, they'll do um, like. NC-17 cuts of things when they do the announcements. Because my first year at AVN, I won Best Male Newcomer. Oh, fuck yeah. So I was like, I knew I was going to win because they always, if you're going to win an award, they're like, are you coming? Are you sure you're going to be there? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So I, I flew them out, you know, let them watch the show with me, and, and that was it. I just wanted to like introduce them to the world along, alongside of what me. What was
0: that experience like for them?
2: I think they had fun. I think they had fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they seemed in high spirits when, when we met up. Because
0: um, it's like a red carpet kind of event.
2: Yeah, yeah. They didn't do the red carpet with me, and they sat separately because I had to sit like up front. Okay. Um, but I talked to them before and after, and they seemed to have a good time. So That's cool, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's cool. The best I could hope for. You know, I just wanted to be honest with them.
0: That must have felt good too, actually.
2: Yeah, it felt good. It also, felt a little weird because people are like, "Who are these? You brought your parents <laughs> to the porn awards?" <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, I did. (laughs) Yeah, because like
0: AVN is like, oh, it's a mess.
2: It's a mess. It's a shit show.
0: Well, see, I used to do, see, my mother, when I was growing up, my mom was uh, an amateur photographer, always wanted to be a photographer. Mm -hmm. She used to shoot us all the time. And so when I started to become a photographer, I would invite her to my sets. So I would just be like, come to my sets, hang out. Yeah, yeah. And she was always like, I had one stipulation. Do not introduce me as your mother. I am your assistant you know my name, my name yeah, is eileen yeah. so that's the thing and so for quite some time she would always be on my sets and so i had her start doing the suicide girl sets so she oh, really? would sometimes come and do that stuff and be around that kind of thing and my mom has always had i think this is why i have the ability to ask questions and be candid with people because she she'll sit on it with my crews and find out their fucking life history like mm. she'll go through the process cuz she's so over sets cuz sets are fucking boring. Yeah. Film just sets. sitting are just around sitting, just doing waiting. nothing. Yeah. And so she's always looked at him as the opportunity to like hang out. So she'll she'll know the life history of the fucking sound man. You know what I mean? And she'll be like, "Did you know that he used to like jump off cliffs and he's like an underwater fucking cinematographer? I think I used the right word, right? Cinematographer. Yeah." She's like, "Do you know the adventures that he's been on?" So she does all this really fun oh, shit. Wow. And so when I was doing suicide girl stuff, she would kind of be in the same mode where she would ask questions of the girls like, what are you doing and how have you done this sort of thing? Um, and I remember I did a photo shoot for Boston Phoenix, which is like a independent rag that used to be around. And I did uh, a cover for them that had to do with the suicide girls. It was right when they had a lot of like um, problems. So mm-hmm. it was like uh, the suicide girls take advantage of women. It was oh. that kind of thing. And so I just did a cover with a bunch of suicide girls for this, for this rag and I think that stuff got republished in Penthouse because Penthouse had like a news section or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And so th- they had to pay me the royalties for it, and so they sent a check to my parents' house because that was the address. Oh, that yeah. they from had. Penthouse. Hell from yeah. Penthouse. And my mother's like, "You have a check from Penthouse." She's like, "What have you? What were you shooting for Penthouse?" I'm like, "They're just licensing." <laughs> they licensing a photograph uh, did you frame that you i framed wish framed that i had i don't even know if i took a picture of it she goes you need to stop this <laughs> it was at that moment where she's like this is it no more no oh more suicide God. girl shoots no more of that because you need to stop you have a fucking check from penthouse here at the house and i was like all right mom all right <laughs> but i was like you my mom always supported me she was the mm-hmm. one that was like i was out with my buddy she's like here's condoms i know you guys are gonna fuck around yeah 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 if you're gonna if you're gonna do it be safe about it yeah man yeah yeah um anyway good tangents good side Uh tangents i I can ask you a final question so you basically went against pretty much you you were fearless in reaching out for a dream because it was your dream to be in porn yeah yeah right one of them like uh, i think a lot of people have trouble with that Regardless of what it is, I think a lot of people have trouble making that that jump. What advice would you give somebody that wanted to do something risky like that? Wanted to do something that was on the outskirts of...
2: Hmm. Um, Well, the first bit of advice would be do your homework. Do research. Do a lot of research. Do an excessive amount of research. You know, no know what what you want to get into and what you want to do i mean i i meet so many people in porn who are like i just kind of fell into it and they're unsure of you know what the past is what the history is of of the industry Mm. and i i think it's just wise to to know like so much about whatever industry you want to get into before you take that leap you know to be um not a historian but just just to 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 know to know the players, to know to know the history, know the contemporary players, and and just get a, a feel for the lay of the land. Like just, just be aware. Mm. Be aware. I don't know. Is that a bad answer? No, it's a great answer. <laughs> In my
0: head, it made sense. But I'm just saying, just do research. It's a great answer and I, I think that in that industry specifically I, I don't know if it's that's if, if if it's the same way now but I feel like a lot of the people that were hiring people didn't want people that were doing that kind of research at that time.
2: Well yeah, yeah. And I would say that still still persists to an extent because I don't know. You don't really want I could see from an agency's and a producer's perspective where they kind of want people who aren't going to ask a lot of questions, who just do what they're told, you know, but if you start asking a lot of questions, suddenly the answers you get might not be what you want and then, then you have, then you have uh, an argument, mm-hmm. then you have, you know, you're, you're between a rock and a hard place, what do you do? Because um, the industry needs to change it needs to change and it's slowly changing but it's not happening fast enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying now. No, no, no. I
0: I want like, a good sound bite for you. Well, no, no. <laughs> I mean it's good it's good stuff like um Can I ask a follow up? Oh. Yes, oh, please yeah. do.
1: Please do. Yeah.
0: Please do. The voice
2: of God. <laughs> no,
1: no. <laughs> uh, um that was the that was the phone call earlier. Um so you I, because I read some of the stuff that you put out online about, like, you know, your relationship that ended when you started doing this stuff mm-hmm. and how it was. And now you're in a, a current relationship with somebody working in the industry.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, is how is a relationship built when sex is not something that's just not happening, right? Because I, I don't know if the, the idea of sex has changed in a relationship you mentioned that it kind of did in the beginning but i don't know now at this point or maybe it's the fact that you've you know you're a lot older than you are now than you were when you started and, and more mature mm-hmm. it definitely sounds um is it just growing up that's changed how you perceive relationships or is it that
2: you know what's changed making a lot of mistakes you learn very quickly what what works what doesn't work and kind of like what we were talking about earlier with, yeah, getting older, you learn what you like, what you want, what you need, and you're able to, to streamline that and kind of see through all the bullshit. And, and the older I get, the more, uh, I guess, forgiving I am, you know, and thankfully, my partner is uh, immensely forgiving, because I'm, I'm still working on all of my bullshit, but um, forgiveness is very important. Um, it is very easy to get jealous in porn but at the same time you know I want her to have fun on set and I want her to want me to have fun you know because it's our job but it's also a job that requires um, you know to leave your inhibitions at the door so
0: um, yeah
2: dude um, I don't know I don't know where I'm going with this but but uh yeah just getting older and 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 knowing what works is is really important just being aware of of what makes you what makes you happy <laughs>
0: so we've made it you've you've done it you've got all the way through this super long episode and uh i'm gonna tell you guys this man i've had so much fucking fun with this one uh logan's such a cool dude to sit down and chat with um and i'm gonna hang out with this guy we're gonna have beers i'm gonna invite him to some barbecues i dig him man he's fucking cool i dig his outlook and uh man like i said he's He's, he's the biggest fucking celebrity that we've had on the show so far, you know? And he he deserves it, man. He's hardworking. And there's a lot that goes into it. It isn't just showing up and having sex, you know? He's hacking, he's hacking his body, right? You got to try to figure out how to make that shit work for you. And Jesus Christ, the experiences that he's had, the people that he has met, I can't wait to actually get my hands on his book and read his book. Um, so... I want to thank him again for being on the show. I want to thank Dan for hooking us up. Uh, And I keep mentioning Dan because, uh, I assume that you guys know who he is. We actually recorded an episode together. We're going to re-record an episode because, uh, we had some technical difficulties with it, but I'm going to have Dan on the show and Dan, uh, single-handedly requested, uh, is the reason why I had this episode today. So I want to thank him again while I'm on the show. We'll talk about all that stuff. And I just want to thank you guys. And, um, I want to thank Liam for being here. He's been doing a pretty kick ass job. How many weeks are we at now? I think we're on our third. You've been doing good work, man. I mean, other than that fucking bullshit goddamn phone fucking ring in the middle of the episode, it's not your brother's fault, man. That's your fault. That is your fucking fault. Rule number one on any film set, you shut off your phone. You, you, you pay to go to a school for this. Did they not teach you that in school? was that not fucking part of the lesson no response now you're quiet now it's fucking quiet in here yeah okay buddy uh so so yeah i just want to thank you guys for listening to the show and i hope you guys really enjoyed this one and you know sometimes we're gonna have guests that are a little bit outside of the industry that we work in but uh I feel like anybody that we put on this show has an important thing to teach us, has something interesting to teach us as humans, has something interesting to teach us as people that have decided not to do that nine-to-five job, you know? I mean, the level of fucking anxiety that Logan has to handle is crazy, man, at least in the beginning when he started. Fuck. Can you imagine? Can you imagine having to walk on that set fucking day one and take your pants off, right? Right? That's crazy, man. People have nightmares about that shit. Uh, I fucking respect the shit out of this guy for it. And apparently, so does uh, 650 million other fucking people. (laughs) So it's not like he needs my my pat on the back. The dude's already hooked up pretty well. Uh, So I just want to say to everybody, thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast. Please subscribe to the show, man. If you we've been releasing every fucking Tuesday, I promised it, and we've been delivering, man. every fucking Tuesday, we're putting shit out. One of the best ways to uh, continue to get the episodes is to subscribe. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Subscribe to us on Spotify. I think we're on Stitcher. We're on most of these. Did we actually get on Google Podcast yet? Okay, great. So we'll get on Google Podcasts as well. So it'll be everywhere. And by the time the show comes out, we'll probably be right there. So, you know, fucking time travel. We record these things all out of sequence. So, you know, deal with it, guys. Uh, So yeah, I'm super excited that uh, you guys are continuing to come back. Uh, Working on a bunch of stuff right now. Things continue to go well in the career uh i have said this before and i haven't said this in a while i love you guys i love doing this podcast but i'm a filmmaker first i'm making stuff first and so one of the reasons why we record so many of these at once is that uh, sometimes i have to disappear off the grid to go work on some projects but the good news is is when i do go do those things uh, being someone that is doing this job i come back with what's actually happening now and you know what i should probably address some of this on the show. I hope you guys aren't around to get answers from me. Like, I'm not going to give you those, like, an answer for how to get anywhere in this business. I'm not going to be able to give you a series of steps that'll get you hired. I'm not going to give you the plug-in to make something look like another movie. That's not what this show's about. This show is about how to survive, right? How we survive, how we last how we continue, like, what's it like 10 years in? What's it like 20 years in, right? What's it like, how do we continue to hunt for that dream, that obsession that we had when we were a kid? And man, it takes a fucking long time to get there, right? But here's the best part. It's not it's not drudgery, man. It's not an office job. That long, hard work is a fucking blast getting to hang out with really other cool creative people. You get to go do location scouting. You get to go do all this really cool stuff. And that's what this show is about. The show is a celebration of all that. The show is about reminding you that being a filmmaker, being a storyteller, is about living. It's about living your life, putting yourself into situations in which you can learn from people that are doing it. You can learn from people who have been around a little bit longer And you get access to these folks. And that's what this show is all about. And I hope you guys are feeling it. I hope you guys are loving it. And I'm really happy to have you within my group. You guys are part of like, you guys are part of my inner circle. And I'm excited to have you here. And you guys should be happy to be here. A lot of exciting and new stuff coming in the future. Um, But in the meantime, you can expect to hear me back Here next week next tuesday and uh maybe Leon will come maybe lean will be back i think uh we're gonna have to do the old leave your cell phone in a basket thing here at the house you're gonna get shit from me for a little while on that one okay guys thanks for listening